put the children to bed. It's time for Dan and Aldo. Their souls. I love the Chicago Bears more than I do masturbating, and that is a lot. Then, with three seconds left, Bob Avellini throws a 30-something yard touchdown pass to Greg Latta, and the Bears win, and I literally shit my pants. I swear to God, I literally did. <laughs> Eric Kramer, for me, I love the guy. He's a tragic figure. I mean, he embodies all that is. If they don't run the ball here, I'm going to vomit. I swear to God. I don't mean any disrespect. He just didn't play that well. Not for a guy of his caliber. You know, they won, but I'm, I'm going to be miserable all week because they stunk. I don't, I don't really have any recollection of that at all, but I guess perhaps I blacked it all out. So, Dan... Tape is the ultimate tool for scouts and for coaches to evaluate players, to detect plays and so forth. And they spend hours looking at tape, right? Why do they so often get shit wrong? I love the efficiency of bourbon. Ladies and gentlemen, Dan and Aldo. Yeah, baby, we got a show for you tonight. How are you, my friend? Not as like on fire as you are right now. <laughs> That's the way I felt last week. Yeah. And, and now, I, I, if I could share a quick anecdote. Please. Our guy, Ron Malazzo. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like my uh, up and downness with this is exactly where he is. Last week, as, as you know... We got his Bears Raiders tickets from him months ago. He was so excited about the game that he bought new tickets, even though we got his to go to the game this Sunday. This is after Washington's uh, win. He was oh so high goodness. from the Washington win that he bought two more tickets because he didn't want to miss. And then after the Minnesota game, needless to say, he's trying to sell those two. He's paid 500 for two. He's trying to sell them now for 350. Wow. I'm hoping Sonny. Let us know. I'm hoping Sonny or Jay maybe will will bite on him for him. He hasn't posted him online yet, but that's how low he is now after Sunday. And I feel very similarly, although I'm still coming, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, he should reconsider because this could be the first full, this will be the first full start for Tyson Bajan. And who knows? It could be the beginning of something special, and he could say years from now, "I was there for his first start." He turns out to be Tom Brady or Joe Montana, or and we were Joe there Mont- for Fields' first start to get sacked nine times. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> um, I just want to let everybody know that uh, the Tooch is on the Barroom Network controls, and he is telling people to hit that like button. Thank you, Tooch. And he will be with us at 9.15 Central. Before that, at 8.45, uh, we have a very special guest, Alexis Jade. She is the host of She-Cago, 
S-E-H-E, Chicago, Chicago, Chicago. And so um, uh, we're going to have some fun talking Bears football with her. And we've got our media mashup but for the first 20 minutes or so. Dan and I are going to talk about all the latest Bears news. Then when you heard that Justin Fields has a dislocated thumb and that it might require surgery, I'm pretty sure it's going to. What was your feeling, your gut feeling? As soon as I saw him on the ground, I didn't even have to hear the reports yet. And as you may recall, I watched it later, but I did not know the outcome. So it was much, much later, like 7, 8 o'clock Eastern when I was watching because I had to work when it was live. So everybody else knew at the time and I didn't, but when I saw him go down, I almost felt, I felt so deflated. That's all I can say. It's like, oh, he's hurt. He's hurt. I looked at it. It was the same feeling I had, not during the game when the Bears played the Chargers and Jay hurt his thumb in 2011 because they didn't say that until after the game, a couple hours later when they said he had injured his thumb. I was like, oh, he's out for the year. He's fucking out for the year. I said it to my ex-wife at the time and she's like, oh, you're just overreacting. But that feeling I had when Jay, when they said that Jay had hurt his thumb is the way I felt when I saw Fields. And what made it worse was it just felt like it was so unnecessary because just throw the damn ball. Throw the damn ball away or hit maybe number two there with it. Somebody just don't get hurt. And now knowing that he's probably getting a surgery, he's probably out for the year. Right? Yeah, I, I I don't know for sure if he's out for the air, but the thinking is is that if he is going to have surgery, why would he want to come back? Why would he want to come back and put more tape out there? Uh, he wants to, you know, maybe his competitive spirit will say, I want to come back, but his agent might tell him, no, sit out the rest of the season. Let's talk to the Chicago Bears about extending your contract. And if they're not going to get it done, then you finish this last fourth four season. If they're not going to pick up your fifth-year option, then I'm going to get you $300 million. That could be the thinking on his end. Uh, now, knowing Justin from what, you know, how he conducts himself, he's a very competitive guy. He wanted to come back in that game, even though he couldn't grip the ball. Can, can uh, I say one thing about that quickly? Please. I'm sorry to interrupt. I listen. I, I was so unhappy with everything. I didn't listen to any post game or anything, but I did today uh, on the way to work and stuff. I listened to Hamp uh, and OB on the way in. Dan Hampton had a great point. And you know, I like Justin Fields. I don't know if you heard this or not. Dan Hampton said, if you want to be the team leader, if you want to have that contract, it's your duty to come back on the sidelines. It's your duty to stand there with your team when you're hurt. It's your duty to help Tyson Bajant uh, read, pick up blitzes and show him what you can do to help him on the sideline. Your teammates need to see you do that. He said, I, it, he wasn't saying that Fields had given up, but the fact he didn't come out spoke volumes. And this is coming from a Hall of Famer who yeah. supported him. That's right. That's right. So, I and, mean, that's and, a good point. I, I agree with him. That the one thing, and I'm just speculating here, is that I bet, because he it seems like he gets very moody. When something goes poorly for him, he doesn't talk much. He mumbles through questions and so forth. I bet you he was in that clubhouse and he was being told, you're not going back in. And he just got pissed. And he, you know, you know, was probably swearing and throwing things because he's so competitive and he doesn't want to go out like that on an injury. Uh, 
and, and so I'm I'm guessing that's now is that an excuse for him not coming back in the sideline and supporting his team? No, it's not. He should he should compose himself better, like uh, Hampton said. But uh, you know, I, I, in many ways, I love the moxie and I love the competitive nature that he has. But I uh, I've been in debates on social media. I was doing the media mashup and oh, I saw you've been taking some heat by the way with your yeah, videos. I, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, when, when the media mashups are rendering, I'll go to X and, you know, respond to what people were saying or post something. And man, was I getting a lot of shit because I truly feel we've come to this stage now where people are blaming the coaching so much when it is obvious that, uh, uh, Justin is doing certain things wrong that are on him. Yes, right. the coaching is bad. Yes, the play calling sucks. Yes, there's all sorts of problems with personnel on the team. Yes, Ryan Poles has done a bad job in terms of putting uh, pieces in place. I get all that. But just like you, Dan, uh, and you were before me on this, you told me first, I'm out on Justin Fields. I am starting to get there. I am starting to think this might not be the guy. And you know? I want him to be. I want yeah. him to be. Like, I was so rooting for him to just on Sunday to have another one of those games like he'd had the last two games, like the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. And but it, it, we went back to like KC. Yep. You know there there's. I know you were talking. You were like, but but Dan, they ran the ball thirty two. But it felt like they were in empty uh, with no no running back there to help block. Uh, in shotgun over and over and over, no bootlegs, no waggles, no play action, just the same shit that they didn't work earlier in the year. So in that aspect, I do blame the coaching, but it's still his job to throw the ball when there's people open. Yep, it, it is his job to and uh, you know pull the trigger. I've seen tape from last year where Kurt, Kurt Warner was looking at the tape and he was yelling at Justin. Just throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. And in one of the media mashup things, you're going to hear um, uh, Tom Thayer say it on the play that he got sacked, which Brad Biggs timed. He had he held on to the ball for 6.3 seconds. He had opportunities. He had DJ Moore across the middle. Some people were saying, ah, oh, it would have been an interception. It's too tight of a window. That's the NFL. You rip it. You anticipate that the guy is going to be there. And even before he's turning his face, looking for the ball, that ball is being cocked back and you're throwing it. That's the way the play is designed. Or he could have thrown it to Darrington Evans on the sideline, number 25. Or he could have thrown it out of bounds. He didn't have to take the sack and injure himself. 6.3 seconds. That's ridiculous. That's on why. Him. And why did the coaches in a critical situation have Darrington Evans, who had just signed with the team like four days before, suddenly he gives up. I mean, it's not even fair to Evans to have him in a situation with the team that blitzes so heavily in crucial, crucial situations. He misses his the blitz and Fields gets killed, and it's because of, of Evans. But is it? I mean, why would the coaches have him in in that situation? It's just like or maybe Bajent was in by that point. I don't know. He gave up a terrible sack, though, and it, it looked like it's Evans' fault, but I was thinking the guy's been here three, four days. Why is he in the game right now? Yeah. How can you expect him to pick up the blitz when and know your playbook that fucking fast? Yep. I know he was here last year, but still. 
Right. And certain people are saying, you know, he had a bad game because, you know, the running backs uh, room, the running back room was decimated. You know, Deontay Foreman, you know, there's a reason why he was not activated the first few games because he is not uh, proven himself to be an adequate pass blocker. Roshan Johnson, the rookie, is better at pass blocking than Foreman is what I've heard. You know, you bring up you bring Darrington Evans back, uh, you know, so you, you, you don't have the running back situation the way you want it. And there's changes on the offensive line. Um, and, and again, Dan Aguirre, you were right. Cody Whitehair is the worst center in the history of the NFL. <laughs> yes, no he is. <laughs> yes, he is. I've been saying that since 2018 <laughs> or 17 or whatever. I'm like, no, not Whitehair. We don't want him in there. That what was even worse Sunday. It wasn't even just the high snap. It was also the low snap. He's like, I refuse to give you the appropriate snap location. You're not, it's not coming. It's either your ankles or your fucking ears. Get ready. Yeah. Uh, Joe uh, Trevisio is asking if Rojo will be back Sunday. I think there's a very, very good chance that he will be. Hey, CJ. Hey, everybody in the chat room. Thank you all for being here. Uh, we have started talking Bears football, media mashup in about 10, 15 minutes or 10 minutes and so forth. Then we've got a special guest. And then the Tooch is in with his Bear State of Affairs. Um, you know, I'm just, I'm at this point where, and, and I don't believe in the tanking thing. I want Tyson Bajan to go out there and win games. That's why I titled this show, Can Tyson Bajan Win? Yes, I hope so. I think he can. I think he is a better quarterback than he showed in, in his first appearance. You know, clearly that was a tough situation for him to go to you know he goes in there and fucking cody whitehair is throwing balls in the dirt <laughs> and so they gotta they, they gotta get him out of there to put uh lucas patrick in there who's not you know not a great blocker himself uh and you got all you know you had jay tyree carter in at right guard because nate davis got hurt you know the poor guy was you know he played well enough in my eyes for that emergency duty. If you, people want to say he lost us the game, I know I've seen a lot of comments. He lost us the game. Tyson Bajan lost us the game. I, I wouldn't yeah. say that. I think this game was lost, you know, even before. Coach T said, watch for a regression this upcoming week against the Vikings. And he was right because of the, he cited the injuries at running back, the changes at offensive line, and the heavy blitz mentality of Brian Flores, who blitzed on 70-something percent of all the defensive uh, snaps for the Vikings. Can you and you have that? to know that's you have to know that's coming. Mm-hmm. And then yes. I forget someone said it in the presser uh when I, again they were playing a clip uh, it was just I was driving to work and you know wasn't paying full attention cuz I'm watching the road or whatever. But somebody maybe it was Jalen Johnson, somebody that's not normally the person that would comment about the other team's defense, but he was just like, "Man, they blitz so much more than we expected." Like I was like, wow, like, how do they not know that that was coming? And and if that is coming, why do you not have Lucas Patrick in there? Because whether you like him or not, continuity, man, he's been the center the whole season. I I know he was hurt in the preseason, but the first five games, he was snapping the ball for the most part. Mm -hmm. So if he's healthy, because Whitehair came in when he had the concussion protocol, but why wouldn't you have him start? Because he and Fields are like that's who's been snapping the ball the whole year. Yeah, I, I, 
I, I don't know, you know, and uh, Coach T has been very critical. I, I see him in the chat room, and he's been very critical of this coaching staff, and I agree with all his points. You know, there, it's it's very, very difficult to disagree and to vouch for this coaching staff, and I've been angry about the fact that you had inexperienced people. Somebody on X today said this coaching staff is so bad that there's not even anybody on the staff qualified to become the head coach if you fire the head coach. So, you know, that is the state, the bare state of affairs, Tooch. I just summed it up for you. Maybe they can hire that 78-year-old man that they just hired as the assistant, Snow. Yeah, I, I've been been doing some research on him. He's got the same exact philosophies as Matt Eberflus. It's a cover to, you know, it's building pressure from the defense from the middle of the defensive line. Uh, so he almost sounds like a clone, but he sounds because I also listened to players being interviewed. Uh, talking about, they were asked about Phil Snow. He sounds like a tougher guy. If you don't want to get on his bad side, he will let you know. So there was, there's been speculation that maybe he was brought in as the senior analyst because Eberflus will be fired in the middle of the season, and wow. that's our new head coach. That that sounds kind of plausible to me. That would be nice, and if if they really are going to fire him. Like I said, I was rooting for him and I found out he was sleeping at the at, at um Lake Forest and not even going home. I'm like, man, yeah. the guy's giving us what he's got. But when they revert back to that other game plan, and why would you start Whitehair with Patrick's healthy? And you saw what he did against Washington. Justin saved your ass by having him in there. Yeah. I mean, he why lies. Put, yeah, yeah, why why wouldn't you put the mullet in there or even Kramer? Like what? Then Eberflus lies in the post-game conference. Ah, we put him in there uh, because we needed a change, uh, and uh, uh, Patrick has more experience at the position. Bullshit! Cody Whitehair has like three times. Lucas Patrick only started one year at Green Bay at the center position, played 15 games, whereas Cody Whitehair, his first three seasons with the Bears, he played at center. And he had bad snaps all three seasons. Oh. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Yeah, he's just taking days off my life watching that man snap the ball. Oh, my gosh. He, he, you this know, goes to Bears Hours Bears Hour Live arguing with Phil about this. Yeah, exactly. He, he was telling me, like, I, was, I, I didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs> I'm telling you, who would you pick right now if you had a choice, uh, Matt Nagy or, or Matt Eberflus? Matt Eberflus. Hands <laughs> down, no thinking about I it. I don't know. No, no. At, le at least <laughs> I bet you if we talked to Eberflus off the record, it was so off the record and he trusted us, he would say, guys, I know this shit's it's going sideways. I could lose my – I'm sure he's aware. Matt Nagy is so narcissistic that he has no idea that things are awry. He's just like, yeah, man, it's my system's great. You know, mm -hmm. just the players are going to click. It's going to click. They're going to pick up on it. He's just so full of shit. So, no, I think Eberflus at least knows that shit's going bad, and he knows his job's on the line. Nagy's just completely oblivious. You know what's interesting is I, I think that Nagy, he's going deep. As somewhat honest, you know, they, they, and as the, Losses piled up. It's like they these guys started uh, lying so much 
that they became repulsive. Reberflus is starting to become repulsive because he's up there trying to cover his ass or he's been told not to say something or whatever. And you can just tell that he's lying. And it's like, you know, when you got a family member who has stolen something from you, and you know, that and I've, I'm in that situation, like with my cousin. So <laughs> as I was saying that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that came to mind. Yes. Oh my gosh. All right. I want to get to media mashup because we've got a really tight show. And so this is about 23 minutes long. I, I put in, I actually put in a little bit of the podcast, taking the North and it's with, uh, Dan Wiederer and David Hall, and I've got the score stuff, and I got the ESPN stuff. There's going to be stuff in here that's going to be very interesting. And then on the heels on it, we'll bring in Alexis Jade from Chicago Podcast. It's going to be interesting to get her thoughts on this stuff. So without further ado, let's play it. Oh, we look good doing this a little bit during the game. We look good doing that a little bit. No. You want to know what? We lost again. We lost. That's what we did. We didn't do enough to win. And again, where do you go with this? I, you know, I find it very hard to blame these kids, the 53 guys on this squad. I really do. I want to ask Getsy, Getsy, where was the game plan 10 days ago? Why wasn't that put into action today? A team that we could have beat. Why wasn't that? Why didn't we utilize that whole field? Why didn't we get fields out of the pocket? Folks, you watched the game today? Just finished, right? How many times did you see Justin Fields drop back? Too many times. Too many times. Did you see any sprint outs? Did you see play action or play action bootlegs? All the stuff that we did 10 days ago? No, you didn't. No, you didn't. What is this guy, Ibraflos, and this guy Getsy thinking about? We could have beat this team. We could have beat this team and started a winning streak. Next week, we played the Las Vegas Raiders right here at home. We could have really had something going. And you guys revert back to keeping this kid, dropping him back in the pocket. Our offensive line can't block anybody. I'm tired of hearing about it. Well, this guy's here, this guy's that. You want to know what? Those five guys up front can't play dead. Can't play dead. You know, like we were talking about it right off the top, (laughs) we matched up so well. We, We had more first downs, more total yardage, better on third down, all all across the board, except the mistakes and the turnovers. And yes, you're exactly right, OB. Last week we saw an offense that was daring and attacked the entire football field. Yes. Today it was, oh, we're going to show how smart we are. We're going to go drop our quarterback back in the pocket. And he was tortured throughout the game. And, he, and again, here we had so after we get the interception in the third quarter, I believe, what what do we? what's the first play instead of going play action, throwing in the end zone like exactly, you want to do? What did we do? We had a quarterback draw that resulted in one yard. One yard. And the more you run a quarterback, how many times do you think he's going to get tackled till what happened happened today? He gets hurt. He gets hurt. Uh, Things have become exponentially more complicated now for the Bears, given their quarterback situation. 
and obviously significantly more bleak with Justin Fields out and uh, the Bears left to kind of try to figure out how to patch things together, either short or long term. Uh, with Tyson Bajan, and today was a, a step in the wrong direction in a lot of ways. Walking out of that locker room at Soldier Field, David, I just there just was a fatigue, you know? I You just felt the fatigue in there of like, man, like, this is just so redundant and so repetitive, and obviously it's a different form of losing today because I thought that the defense played pretty well, probably their yeah. best effort of the season, and then your quarterback gets hurt after struggling for two and a half quarters, and the rookie, despite showing some some flashes of poise and command and all those things, commits two terrible turnovers, one that goes for a, a fumble return touchdown and the other that goes for a, a lost ceiling interception on a one-on-one shot deep to DJ Moore. But at the same time, David, I think you have to ask yourself some serious questions inside that building on whether this is an opportune time, if Justin is limited in any way with that hand, to take at least a one-week look at what you have in Tyson Bajan. You're a one-in-five football team going nowhere, and you need to kind of figure out what your direction is at the most important position in the sport, and maybe this opens up a window for them to get a longer look at, at the rookie uh, to see what he's capable of, because I think Justin today um, you know, showed a lot of people that, that the, the flashes that, that were evident against the Broncos and Commanders uh, certainly didn't seem like they were, were signs of a, of a significant break. I want to say this about the Tyson Bajan debut. Uh, I think that I want, to be, I want to be consistent here. I loved the story in the preseason. I love the fact that he made the team. I've always maintained that was, to me, the accomplishment. That, to me, is where if you want to take that script to a Hollywood you know, screenwriter, you could probably make that movie because he comes from Shepherd University, a Division II program. He's undrafted, and he makes a NFL team as a rookie. Congrats. Dan, I don't think he had any business being asked to win that football game today. I think the Bears... Uh, what today happened was not necessarily it exposed Tyson Bajan's inexperience. I think it exposed the Bears' poor approach to roster building. You cannot put a guy that unqualified for a starting job to in that position to ask you to win a football game. It's just not fair. And I think that moving forward, if they have to do that because of injury, okay. But to me, it further exposes Ryan Poles for not getting what every general manager should know you need. A dependable veteran, non-flashy backup quarterback that can finish a game and and avoid crisis for the next two weeks. Bears don't have that, and today that was patently obvious. The other thing is, Dan, oh, I, I know what you mean, but like that's not fair to DJ Moore. That's not fair to Cole Komet. That's not fair to Darnell Mooney. That's not fair to just say, okay, this is a developmental year. We're gonna we're gonna go at this in an unorthodox way as our, in our, our quarterback depth chart. We're gonna get this kid that's a really, really fast learner, and really we like him. I, I he's not Brock Purdy, and certainly the Bears are not the 49ers. So I well, yeah, that's that, that, that's the different part. It's like he's not set up like Brock Purdy was set up to just have so many guardrails and so many. Uh, advantageous flotation devices on his development. So, yeah, you make a good point there. I just think they've lost 10 straight divisional games. Is that good or? They've lost 10 straight at home. Is that good? If they don't beat the Lions. They're not going not to beat, beat the oh, Lions. Oh, oh, I know. It will be more than two years oh since their last division win. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Just based on how the schedule breaks, they have one more divisional game before the two-year anniversary. Let me give you one theory here. 
um, that Luke Getze and Matty Rufloos together are incredibly arrogant when it comes to thinking, oh, yeah, we can just run the pocket quarterback stuff that looked good in the OTAs briefly, even though it didn't really look good, and they get all excited in the offseason to just go out and do it so those first two weeks were god-awful, and then the offense looks good for a couple of weeks, and they're like, we can go back to doing the stuff that we wanted to do. And so they try to do it again yesterday after 10 days. Arrogant, arrogant idiocy. Well, and especially the, the pocket quarterback thing is exactly what you want to run against a defensive coordinator who blitzes 60% of the time. The first snap That's of the game. That's what you want to do. The first snap of the game. Six on they were five. In, they were in five wide, <laughs> no run in the backfield, no tight end on the line, and your quarterback took an unblocked backside rib shot. <laughs> In like 1.8 seconds. Matt First Nag- play of the game. Matt, Nag- Matt Nagy's like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what, what I'm, I'm talking saying. about. That's right. <laughs> go yeah, Cleveland. Go Browns. <laughs> that's right. Not, looking where it is in terms of good. Like, not that's not bad. third and long. You're not on the road. It's not loud. It's the first play of the game, and he, I, I'm so surprised he got up. Yeah. I mean, it, the whole thing felt <laughs> like he eventually didn't. It felt no, like I, game I, one I of the know. year. It felt like game one of the year after the offseason. It felt like the Packers game plan. And, like, let's make him be Tom Brady. It's arrogant, and it's also weird. And isn't Getsy just weird, man? Like, running zone reads when Bajent is in there. Like, how about how about going under center sometimes, maybe, when every shotgun snap is chaos? I've never seen I, anything like that in my life. <laughs> I've, never, I've never seen anything like that in my life, let alone at the NFL level. Each well, one was different. But then he has two different centers. And then he lies about not about being, oh, just say, yeah, yeah. He, he had a rough day. We had to do something. Not here's, here's my We suggestion. were trying oh, no, He said it had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Embarrassing. Embarrassing to all concerned. In your, in your protection you scheme, you know what's a really terrible idea it's a terrible idea to end up in some sort of situation where your running back has to block daniel hunter one-on-one uh, that's at, terrible that at least seems like it is a personnel error uh, and a and, communication and not problem. a coaching error that seems like a darnell wright mistake uh by what Eberflu said today and what olin said uh yesterday so at least that isn't straight up incompetence it's still bad play sure it's still reckless but this is why i mean they they also ended up with the other running back who just got here in a situation where he ended up one-on-one brandon gowden doesn't know which one they could not identify them (laughs) 21 25 very different numbers one of them has dreadlocks (laughs) and the other one does not And he he called. I believe Robert Smith called Josh Metellus Martellus Bennett. He did. At, at oh one yeah. Point. Oh, he did. And what was Kerry Blazing game? Was glass glass and ham. Glass and ham. Glass and ham. Throw it. That's Tom. Throw it. That's eighty-five bear. And Chicago's very own, Joliet's very own, uh, Tom Thayer yelling at Justin to throw it. When you hear Jeff Joniak say, "Time to pass," uh, you think. 6.3 seconds. Yeah. Somehow the ball's still in his hands. Uh, and no, it's not all Justin's fault. Yeah, right. Calm down. But holy sweet Jesus, uh, did the Bears find a way to go down their leg yesterday. The offense uh, just uh, horrid, uh, taking steps backwards from where it was a couple of weeks ago. I got the sense through the postgame show yesterday that Jeff and Tom just wanted to be out of that studio. It was one of those days. Yeah. It was one of those games for the Bears. We're right back, right back yeah. to, I can't wait to shut this crap right. off. Fortunately, I had another two hours to reminisce about that yeah. ball game. Yeah. How lucky I am. 
How, how, how fleeting it is, us, Jerko. Only a handful of us in the world could be that lucky. Fortunately for me, Peggy and I were that lucky yesterday. How fleeting. It started on the first play. You know what? I'm going to tell everybody something real quick. Almost from the moment he walked in this morning. Physically ill is what I am. He's like, okay, Carm. Put on the first play, and he's yeah. asking me, "What do you uh, see?" First play of the game. Ten days to prepare, Ten knowing days. that you got a team that bits, uh, blitzes fifty six percent of the time, more than anybody in the knowing league. Knowing that you go to an empty backfield, you're daring them to blitz, right? Ha ha! Look at this. What we're showing you, we've given you an empty backfield. We dare you to blitz. They line six across the front. The protection is a rip protection. You can see everybody going to the right. Rip protection. What does that mean for me as a quarterback? It means to me the guy coming from the left side is going to be free. Okay. What are my options now? Front side, I probably got two sticks. Knowing from the evidence of what we saw on film, you do. You got two five yard sticks coming to your right. You know that the line is going to slide to the right if you're going to cheat it. If you're going to cheat it at all. You got any semblance at all of depth of thinking at the quarterback position, you're going to collect the snap and you're going to slide a couple steps to your right. Why? Because you're going to buy yourself time from the unblocked man that's coming from the left side. You don't have enough to block. You have five to block six. Five guys to block six. Now, if a guy comes in the middle, gives you the sugar rush, looks like he's coming, then drops off into coverage, you don't have enough time for your guy in the middle to kind of molly or marry out. And get to the backside, you know, blitzer that's coming off the corner. You don't have enough time. You know what the look you're getting. You gotta get the ball out. Instead, what do we have? We had a quarterback that took the ball, dropped another couple of steps in the shotgun, decided to take a few more steps back, a couple more steps back to get comfortable. Instead of realizing, hey, they've got six coming up against five. We have five to block. I got my backside receiver where the blitz is coming from. Even if I catch the ball and I turn and I fire it to my backside receiver, you three yard in. That's all you ran. Three yard in. I see it's coming. No, DJ Moore had the sticker out at the bottom. Yeah. Yeah, it was somebody else. Yeah. You had two guys running five yard sticks and 10 yards apart. Either one of them was open. Yeah. Instead, what did you do? You sat back and you got the ball up after taking another two steps, and the guy cleaned your clock and you took a sack. First play of the game. First play of the game, if you did not know, you went empty and the six guys across the line. If you did not know, that's on you. If you did not realize it, you could not sense it. The line wasn't communicating with each other. They weren't saying, hey, they got more than we have. Remember I told you Frankie always talked? Yes, yes, yes. Frankie and the guards always talked, and, and, and Brett was always listening. At that point, in the first play of the game, I'm like, oh, sweet God, what's going on? How did they not know? What did they not know? Well, how does the why quarter- is it they do not know? Or why is it they choose to ignore it? Either one is fine. Why does the quarterback not? Know? That's why. That, that, that's why the first play was so pitiful, and it set the it tone was for the game. Pitiful. Prior to the game on Sunday, I felt like the offensive line was developing, not where it needed to be, but developing into a pretty decent unit. Mm-hmm. I love Darnell Wright. I think as he gets more and more game reps, he's going to be a really, really good player. Really good, solid draft pick. He's going to be an anchor at right tackle. Now don't move him around. Don't go, well, I wonder how he'd look over at the left. Uh, maybe Can he do that? No. Just leave him right there. Mm-hmm. That's what you drafted him as. That's what he projects as. So leave him right there. Left tackle, I still don't think that the left tackle of the future is on the roster. And that includes Braxton Jones. Sure. I think he's more of a swing guy. Interior, Tevin Jenkins, if he can stay on the field, is a beast. He's a road grader. But he always gets hurt. Nate Davis started to play really good football last week. Watching that all 22, this dude's down the field and just pile driving people. Well, he's out now with a high ankle sprain, and that could be weeks. So 
The other question is, how did you leave your center position this sorely outmanned? Lucas Patrick, not very good football player. Cody Whitehair is a really good guard playing center. He's not a center. John Fox tried him there. Nope, not going to work. Get him out. They moved him to guard. He went to the Pro Bowl. Nagy, let's move him back to center. Nope, that's not going to work. Let's move him back to guard where he's a good player. Now this administration, let's move him to center again. Not a very good center, a solid guard. He's in the twilight of his career. He's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. You got to get this thing fixed, man. That If that's going to be your quarterback, I'm talking about Justin, and you're going to be mobile and you're going to try and run the football, you got to have a better offensive line. As you would use the word, it's rickety. It is rickety. And you know what is interesting, Cap, is I understand when Ryan Poles told us in Indianapolis at the Combine that he's solely trying to fix this team and try to fill the holes. I get that. Mm-hmm. Again, incrementally, that's what he's trying to do. But as an old offensive lineman himself, I mean, he's got to know the protection of whoever is back there at quarterback is paramount. Correct. You would think that he would know that. And uh, he is right that in one offseason, you can't say, all right, through the draft and free agency, we took care of everything. Because if that was the case, then the Bears wouldn't have so much money left over in free agency. They still have a ton of money that they could be spending. But the reason why they're not is because it was all still in the valuation. I know that when we talk about this daily, that that kind of stings the nostrils and it really uh, angers the Bears fan. We say, well, you know, they're just kind of going transition because you get tired of the losing. I get that. Cap gets that. We all understand that. When I say they're going through transition, keep in mind, for perspective, they only won three games last year. And so because you won three games last year, the offseason was going to be like, all right, whatever it takes, spend all the money that you have, get all the draft capital, and then let's go. Because even with that, you don't know if you're going to be a playoff team. You get the best of the best, and they still have to gel. Correct. I mean, we can talk about these players all we want about what the future of the Bears should look like, how they feel. But, Cap, you can't do it in all, all one offseason. And this is why you and I predicted six or seven wins. I agree with you that how is it that you leave the offensive line bare? How come you didn't fill it more? But he couldn't do it and didn't want to do it all. And he, even though he should for the, for the betterment of his quarterback – he decided, I'm going to spread a little bit on the linebackers, a little bit in the secondary, a little bit here. I got DJ Moore. Then we'll see what we can do. Then next year we'll be able to address more. I understand what he's saying. It still sucks, though. You had to answer today who's more likely to be the Bears' starting quarterback in Week 1, 2024. Is it Justin Fields, Caleb Williams, Tyson Bagent, all or neither or none or most? or? Uh, I mean, it's not Fields. Uh, okay. Like, I just don't. I I just don't see any way that that's going to happen. There's a lot of season left. Maybe this right thumb injury doesn't keep him out for an extended period of time, and he comes back and and plays like he did against the Broncos and Commanders. But there there really isn't anything in the body of work from him two and a half seasons into his career to suggest that he's going to be able to put together consistent passing production. That's why I I don't see it being him. I. I, th- I think the answer is C. It's not currently uh, on the roster. And uh, I just don't know how you could choose Tyson Bagent without having seen him start a good handful of games. It's it's very likely, in my opinion, the starters not on the roster right now. What do you expect in terms of a game plan now that Tyson Bagent likely has all week to prepare, 
Luke Getze and the coaching staff has all week to prep, prep him, and now you go against the Raiders. What kind of game plan will we see? Well, hopefully one that accounts for uh, Max Crosby, for starters, because you don't want uh, Max Crosby ruining things for this guy. Um, you would imagine that, that you're going to try to simplify things a little bit, right? That That's just, to me, that's just common sense. you got a young guy out there. Um, you don't want to put too much on his plate. Uh, although, the, the thing that, you know, I've picked up from Tyson, and I've talked to him three, four times over the last five weeks anyway, he would talk about each week, you know, whether they were getting ready for uh, Denver, whoever, like it was a brand new challenge for him. Like it was getting into the building at the very beginning of the week, learning the game plan, and then trying to master it. And it was it was like, it's kind of like he felt he was taking a test maybe, and, and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but that's sort of how I interpreted it, that he was preparing for a test. And to ace the test, he had to get everything down. And so it was a process for him, you know, from the the Monday, Tuesday, when they get rolling on it, up through, you know, walk through on Saturday to advance and feel comfortable and, and have a total understanding of what they're doing. So with him approaching things that way, maybe they can do a little bit more. But again, Max Crosby. Uh, could create nightmares for uh, Luke Getz, Luke Getzey, Tyson Pageant, uh, Darnell Wright, and uh, all of the above. How would you address the center position for the Bears this week? Boy, you know that that's a mystery to me. I mean, it is, and and Olin Krutz would be the expert on that. But he he, uh, I mean, you know, with a guy that's played in the league this long and has played center. That would of all of all the problems I got on my list as a head coach, that would be the last right. one that I would even think about. Yeah. That unless there's an injury or unless there's something going on that we're not aware of, that should not be a problem whatsoever. Uh, and 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 if that's the reason that, that obviously they they pulled him out and they made the change, wow, that's that is uh, that that's shocking. That's disappointing. You know. You know. I- Dave, we know what they envision on that offensive line. We know the group they thought they would have, and they just haven't had it all year long. And now Nate Davis has a high ankle sprain. That that can be a six-week injury, depending on the severity. Uh, you mentioned Whitehair being benched and Lucas Patrick having to come in. Braxton Jones is eligible to come off the, uh, the IL. I haven't heard any talk of it. He didn't mention it yesterday. And uh, we'll find out on Wednesday, but his was a kind of scary neck injury, and I don't know when he's coming back, if he's coming back. Yeah. So I, I, did, I don't know that they'll ever have that group together. Yeah. Did they talk about moving uh, Cody back to guard now? And they haven't Patrick talked about that, but no. it, it's got to be on the table. It, it's got to be on the table, right? Especially that, with Davis. Huh? Yeah, and particularly with the snaps. I mean, if that's the, yeah, if they're nervous about him, you don't you don't want him putting the ball on the ground. They, I'm sure they've made that decision already. Because the one thing, if you're going to have a new quarterback, you definitely want yes. the center who's going to be playing stability. You know, stability in there with the snap count and the, and get into some type of rhythm and work on that all week long. But, um, you know, hey, we'll, we will run the ball. Our defense is improved. You know, obviously this week now it's a different deal. The the, the Vikings, for our, our listeners just to remember, the Vikings were last in the National Football League in possession time. 
and guess what? They ended up last after our game. They We beat them by 10 minutes. They were 26th in the league in running the football. They were horrible, and that held true. We held them to two yards a carry. So th- this is a different game this week. You know, they got Josh Jacobs, who is was yep. the leading rusher in the National Football League last year. Uh, for the Raiders to win, as they did last week, they know that Josh Jacobs has to be a focal point. So we're They gonna- drafted Jacobs with uh, a Bears pick that was given up in the uh, Khalil Mack trade. Khalil Mack yeah. trade. I'm oh, just oh, saying really? it's kind oh, of well, funny. How about that? Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to take our frust- you know, get a chance to take our frustration out on, <laughs> on Josh Jacobs, I guess, because he's going to get the ball. Oh, Dan Aguirre, what say you about what you just heard, amigo? Couple of things. Uh, I remember last week, again, not to tug on my own dick here and say, oh, look at me, I know everything. But remember we played in, or you played in the media mashup, Olin, it was like, well, the line's good now. And I was like, I don't know if that's a fact or not. Like, <clears throat> pardon me. It was just like, ah, yeah, uh, the line's ready. And I took umbrage with that last week, and I still do. I think, first off, you cannot put white hair back at center. I don't care. If you don't like Lucas Patrick, then then put the mullet in there. Put Doug Kramer in there. Whatever. But I would go with Patrick at center. Uh, I guess put Tevin back at right guard and then put the, the guy from Miami at the mullet and at left guard. And hopefully Braxton's back at left tackle and you've got the kid right at right tackle. Uh, but one thing I wanted to say, and I know, and I'm not just saying this because I think you and I have a similar opinion. Look, David Haw blocked me. I don't know why. I am a fan of David Haw. I do like him. I liked him as a beat writer, and I like listening to him. I really disagree with him like on the Bajan thing. Look, I'm not sitting here like, oh, yeah, we got our opportunity now. Bajan's in. You know, I'm not happy Fields is hurt at all. I wanted Fields again to be the guy. But I learned from the Jay Cutler, Josh McCown thing. I was so unhappy when McCown was winning. I was like, we got to win with Jay. I don't care who we win with now. So if Bajan's the guy, he's the guy. If he's not the guy, he's not the guy. But how would you know if you didn't put him in the game? Like when I didn't know, because again, I watched the game late. I didn't know if Peterman was active or was the emergency because I wasn't going to to look at the, you know, the tweets and stuff because I didn't want to find out what the outcome of the game. So at the time I was like, please don't let Peterman come out. Please don't let Peterman come out. You got to put the kid in. And, and they did. Uh, and maybe they called the wrong plays. And even though he threw the pick at the end, he sort of got hit on that anyway, it looked like to me, which affected his arm strength with it. But yeah, he, he was uh, maybe it's the wrong throw, but at least he took it. He, he, he fucking was like, all right, that's DJ Moore. I'm going to give him a shot. Yeah. Uh, I, li- I mean, how will you know if he's any good in- unless he plays? I, I don't know what the, the what Hall was saying. He's like, well, it was a good story. He made the team. And that's it? I mean, he made the team for a reason, right? Exactly. I mean, he's the second-string quarterback because they had faith in him to come in and take over for Justin if Justin got hurt or, you know, he needed to start a game, which is exactly what's going on. Now his debut was not great. He fumbled and threw that interception. But there were, if you look closely, 
there was there were some encouraging things. Now, I don't expect them to go out there and win the game. The only way the Bears are going to beat the Raiders on Sunday is if it's a total team effort. If we dominate at the line of scrimmage, the offensive line and defensive line gets after it. If we get big plays from the guys in the secondary and give Tyson Bajan a half a field as opposed to what Justin faced uh, most of Sunday, which is the ball back inside his 20, 25-yard line. And, and, and so, you know, Tyson can help us win, but Tyson Bajan is not going to win the game for us. Now, but he can show whether he's got a foundation to become potentially a starting quarterback in the NFL or potentially a reliable second-string quarterback. I'm anxious to see him, and I'm hopeful that Justin Fields comes back and plays uh, incredibly. So then we have two good quarterbacks, and we don't have to talk about drafting a quarterback. Hell with that. I I agree, and you got to find out what you have. Now, I thought, again, I'm going to give him a pass on – this this the fumble. The same thing happened to Justin against Denver when you turn around and oh, you get hit in the fucking mouth as soon as you drop back. I mean, I you got to hold on to the ball, but I'm going to give him a pass on that. I, I'm going to kind of give him a pass on the interception because he's trying to make a play. The one he got away with, which was awful, was the the throw that Tyler Scott came back and caught. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's a pick six. As soon as he threw it, I was like, oh no, across his body and it's a duck. I was like, that's a pick six. And thankfully, somehow Tyler Scott came back and caught it. But that was a terrible throw. But he got away with that one. Uh, it reminds me very much so of 2003, though, when the Bears started one and five. And we had a young Rex Grossman come in. Now, Rex won two of his three starts at the end. and But it wasn't enough to save Jerron's job. I think that's what we're looking at here. Even if Bajent comes in, wins some games, or Justin comes back, this coach is gone. This I think that terrible game plan the other day, like Foster said, when you if you have the splits coming and you feel like you can't protect him, then why aren't we putting him under center, especially when you can't snap the ball? That's why you know I don't mean to keep balancing around. I'm trying to get create cram a lot of stuff in for our guests, but I don't know if Eberflus lied. I just think they don't know. I mean, like they don't realize that that Eber, that uh, Whitehair snaps are that bad. I, I think they they're okay with his snaps. I really believe that. So he's probably telling the truth. I wouldn't be surprised if Whitehair starts Sunday. I told you that on Sunday in text. I'm like they're oblivious to what's happening with with the line right now for some reason. Like they think Whitehair's good. They think well, Whitehair's good. I think they thought white hair was good. I'm not sure they think that anymore. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they still started, but maybe he did lie, but I wouldn't be surprised if he still started Sunday. I, I don't, like, why did you trade for the guy with the mullet? If he's like, he's not getting any playing time whatsoever. Well, it, it, because of backup in case you need him in case white hair, we need and, him right now. <laughs> well, yeah, that is true, but you've got to account for how is he playing in, in practice? Is he playing better than, white hair or not as good as white hair and so if you believe what Iberflu says then those decisions about who plays are based on their practice their attentiveness uh their engagement in 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 the classroom and, and a number of other factors and so hopefully Feeney isn't disappointing anybody uh and maybe he will get his chance but uh 
I, I hope that they're making the right decisions with player personnel decisions, but with this coaching staff, I, I highly doubt it. I don't know how they they had two weeks to prepare essentially and come out with that game plan. That's the most maddening part of all of this. But I know you're transitioning to our guest, and, uh, and I'll I'll step back. Sorry. That's all right, and you can talk a lot of this stuff with her. In fact, you two talk. I'm gonna go take a break. <laughs> Here's what I want to do. I've. Uh, I don't remember how I stumbled onto Alexis. You sent me a Packers video of her talking about that Bears-Packers week one loss. Exactly. I don't recall how I stumbled onto that video. I think it was because of her ex account. And I, uh, you know, how ex says, you know, people you should follow or whatever. So I started following her, her uh, ex comments and I was impressed with her knowledge of football. And then I asked her, hey, I understand you got a podcast. Send me a link. She did. And this is the first thing that I saw. Welcome in, guys. I took a day to kind of really settle in and absorb what happened on Sunday. It was not a pretty sight. It was not fun. And um, it hurt. That one stung. You know, it's, yes, it's week one. And yes, you know, you could completely change the rest of your season around, but Losing the way we did for the first game of the season against the team that we lost against, our rivals, and Aaron Rodgers' list Packers, I mean, this one definitely stung more than any other loss in recent memory. Let's bring her in now, Alexis Jade. How are you? When I Hello. saw that video, I was so moved because I felt the same way after that Packer loss. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Thank you for having me on. Oh, you bet. I, I, I felt as emotional as you looked and sounded <laughs> in that video. Because all offseason, I was saying, we have to beat the Packers week one. Yeah. If that if we lose, that's going to be one of the most disappointing losses in my lifetime. And it has been. The weird thing is, is that every successive loss has now been the worst one in my life. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, I was going to say it was dark times then. But it just <laughs> keeps getting darker. We It's almost worse because we had that roller coaster where we went up for a minute. And now it's uh, it, just when you think you hit rock bottom, we get like deeper into the ocean. So I don't know how that's possible, but it's happening. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> the best part of all of this, Aldo, is that your untimely surgery kept you from attending that game. Yes. The Bears-Packers game. That was the worst game I've ever been at, ever yep. in my life. Horrible. Yeah. I can't imagine what it was like to be there and to witness that with my two eyeballs. I would not want that. Alexis, uh, you were backstage during the media mashup. Was there any one particular clip or comment by any of the Chicago uh, radio casters that caught your ear and you would like to comment on? I think, honestly, the biggest thing is there's, like, the general consensus is that everyone is mad about the play calling and about the way the team is being run, but specifically on offense. And I agree. And I think honestly, the most frustrating thing to me isn't the performance we had on Sunday, because yes, that is very upsetting. It's more so why is it that Luke Getze is able to show that he knows how to put together a game plan and he knows how to use Justin Fields' strengths and what they are. And he showed that versus the Broncos and against the commanders, but then he goes right. It's like, it's, successful like some I forget which person um said it where it's like he sees it successful and then goes okay now we can go back to the Aaron Rodgers football and I'm like what why are we doing this I just don't understand how he's able to show us that he can put together a, a successful game 
and then resort back to things that don't work again. It just makes no sense. Alexis, to your point, it reminds me of, and I'm Dan, by the way, uh, it reminds me, I don't know if you recall the game in 2019 when the Chargers came into Chicago and the Bears are booed off the field at the half. Pinheiro mm-hmm. misses a field goal to lose this game, ultimately. But in the third quarter, they come out in the I formation, and they're just pounding the rock and running the ball, and they end, end up getting the lead. Right. And Nagy says after the game, when he's basically asked, why didn't you just stick with the running game that worked so successfully in the third quarter? He was like, oh, I, I didn't get brought here to run the I formation. <laughs> right. it, it, so it makes me – it's akin <laughs> to what you just said with Sunday. It's like, well, we didn't come here – to run waggles and bootlegs, we came here to to make him Aaron Rodgers. It's like you can't go with what works. You you have to force your system, even if it's not compatible with the guy's talent. You're already scoring points in the chat room. Swanky <laughs> says, "Alexis, you're my spirit animal," and we got questions you. for you already. <laughs> Jeremy says or asks, "Where do you stand on Justin Fields? Do you think he's a franchise quarterback? Do you think that he can develop into one?" Your thoughts on JF one. I mean, so if you follow me on Twitter, now X, I think you would know I'm pretty, I'm a field supporter. I definitely have still in my soul have hopes for Justin Fields. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's looking pretty bleak right now. And I'm also, you know, I'm a fan of the Bears. I am acknowledge what's going on. And I think the chances of him being the starting quarterback next year are right now pretty slim, especially with the injury. But I think... My general feeling on Fields is we can talk about his, you know, holding on to the ball too long. And uh, I honestly don't, I think his processing has gotten a lot better, but we could talk about that too, or footwork, whatever you want to say. But at the end of the day, it just really sucks that I think the organization failed another quarterback. And we've never had one of this caliber before that we have with Justin Fields. And the fact we were able to ruin him is just, it's so upsetting that even if we go and draft Caleb Williams or whoever else, I can't even be excited anymore because we could have had essentially the same thing in Justin Fields and we just completely ruined it. Yeah. How about that? Got another question for you here. Uh, It's from three point Houston. Uh, Alexis, do you think Ryan Poles is any good? That's a tough one because I think it's really easy now in hindsight to say, he's made terrible decisions and nothing he's done has worked out. But I think if you rewind the clock and go back to what everyone was saying when he was making those decisions, there was very few people who actually disagreed with what he was doing when he decided to spend money, when he decided to make cuts. The biggest controversial one was the Chase Claypool. But even then, you can still look back and say, I understood why he did it at the time. Fields needed a receiver. Mooney was hurt. There was literally no one he was throwing to. So... I'm really kind of neutral on field or on polls. I don't know if I've seen enough to be like he deserves to be kicked out because GMs take a while to build up their roster. So I don't really think it's fair yet to say he needs to go, but I don't love what he's done either. Yeah, I think that's the history of many of the general managers who've made it to the Super Bowl. They've had gotten the opportunity to select a second, sometimes even a third head coach, uh, bringing in a general manager and getting instant success is rarely happens. And in particular, when you bring in a general manager who has told management, I'm going to gut the team. I'm going to get rid of all the high salary players. That means some of the better players are leaving and we'll 
try to build around Justin Fields and see how it goes. And let's all remember, he inherited a mess from Ryan Post. Didn't have a first-round draft pick in his first draft. Had to, you know, deal with the salary crap restrictions in his first year. So it was not easy for him. And by the way, uh, three points says you would make a pretty good politician. <laughs> <at all. laughs> you know, I've actually heard that before, which is I've never been interested in politics, but that's not the first time I've heard that. <laughs> Either that or a good sideline reporter. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Swanky asks, uh, what are you looking for with Tyson Bajan on Sunday? What are your initial thoughts on him? Honestly, I think I'm just looking to see if he can put together some successful drives. I don't think we saw, like, I don't think he got a fair showing on Sunday because obviously he got thrusted into the fire. He is a division two quarterback going in and replacing Justin Fields and a game that was already looking abysmal. Um, so I think I would like to see him maybe make some more of those deep shots that he missed the last game. And I would like mm -hmm. to see him make more than just one read, to be honest, because even though it seemed like he was getting the ball out quick, he, when you go back and watch the tape, he was making a lot of uh, quick throws on the first read. He didn't really ever move to another read. That could be by design. That could be because he just wasn't comfortable yet. So I would like to see him actually get through some progressions and see if he actually is able to dissect the field post that. But overall, I mean, I think he did pretty well for a Division two rookie coming in to replace your starting quarterback in the middle of a game. So I just think if he ends up starting for a few games, he can only improve with the playing experience. Alexis, I have a question for you. I, I don't. First off, it's a two-parter then. Are, are you from Illinois? Is that where you're from? I am. I grew up okay. on the border, though, so I, I grew up around cheeseheads all the time. So I think the deep-rooted Bears love came from the that, That's <laughs> kind of going to be – I'm always fascinated because uh, I myself am from West Virginia, and like Chris okay. just mentioned, he's from England, and he's come, He's in. Heidi's from Mexico. So mm -hmm. the Bears have all, all of the – John Buffon's going to be in. He's from Pittsburgh. Obviously, his uncle played at the Bears. But still, the point is <laughs> there are people from – everywhere that are Bears fans. So I'll, I'm always interested because we, we're a loyal bunch and we, we deal with a lot of losing. So I, I guess I'm just questioning because I like to hear other people's passion. What made you, you know, diehard loyal to the Bears? Like what made you say, I'm going to stick with this abusive relationship that we're in and I'm going <laughs> to persevere? Well, I've always been a diehard sports fan in general. I was a competitive gymnast for 10 years. I'm extremely competitive when it comes to anything. Board games, when I was five years old, I flipped shoots and ladders over because I got mad that I lost. But so sports and watching baseball, football, hockey um, have always been in me. But my grandpa, I would say, he made me a really big Bears fan because he uh, – he had a collection on his wall of like these really old artworks of Bears Packers games and stuff oh, that wow. um, was handmade. And he also had a, a trophy case of Super Bowl tickets, obviously not all from the Bears, but hmm. <laughs> he uh, collected them and stuff. And he always complained about the Bears sucking. And anytime the Packers played the Bears, it was always like the Bears need to win this game. And just because I already had a fascination with sports, the him really driving in like the we gotta beat the Packers was like, all right, we gotta beat the Packers. <laughs> so who do you who would you attribute like early on? 
I'm not sure if it's like when you're five or you're 15, whenever you're really just getting on board, mm. it, the young version of you, who's your favorite player from when you, when you first really got involved? Probably Devin Hester. That was the biggest. That's a good one. The Obviously, Brian Urlacher is a huge name that I also had his jersey too, but I think um, Devin Hester because the memory of him running in the touchdown for the one Super Bowl I got to see the Bears go to so far in my lifetime um, is like a core memory of a staple Bears moment. So, yeah. I um, have to tell you that Three Point Houston sends this note to me. Although Dan Aguirre has a very high football cue. IQ, but Alexis has a tall <laughs> fucking tall IQ, and she's very pleasant appearance. She is pretty, so I just want to say to you, three point, I'm pretty too. Yeah, I mean, come on, come on. <laughs> and then he leaves out my football IQ. I got a football right. IQ too. It's called FBI football <laughs> intelligence. Jeez, uh, man, that, man, that's one of those things that I don't think the Bears have right now. Well, you no. just said that acronym for the intelligence with Luke Getzey and our friend Eberflus. Yeah. So tell us about Chicago, which is such a, a – when I told Dan, uh, you know, she's got a show called Chicago, he goes, what a clever Oh, that's title. good. Uh, yeah, I said, that oh, that's good. That's good. Really clever. How did the show come about? Tell us what you do. Uh, that way we can get some more of our people over to your channel. Well, I uh... – Chicago is obviously a podcast about the Chicago Bears. I thought of the name, actually. I contemplated making a podcast for, like, years, and I always just kind of didn't do it. And eventually, my friend, who I have to shout out because she does all my – she did all my branding. She did the intro. She goes by Angus Quinn 13 on, I think, all the socials, Twitter, everything. But she uh, was like, just do it. Like, I can make the branding for you if that's what's holding you back. So I was like, all right, fine. So I did it. And so I had that or name somewhere in the back of my head for a long time. I don't know when I came up with it. I think one day I was just sitting out work board and was like, Chicago, Chicago. Yep, that's it. <laughs> just stuck that with is it. great. But um, yeah, I talk, I talk bears. Um, and right now it's just a solo show. I would love to eventually evolve it to going live and bringing on guests and such. But you know, I'm kind of working it from the ground up. And I also am working on my personal YouTube channel because I'm going to be doing a series on there. So I've kind of been trying to divvy up my time and slowly build the podcast as well. Do you have problems that I don't mean to project that this is like something that's happening, but I would feel like just trying to be empathetic toward your position. Do you have a problem with like guys like us just being like, Oh, Alexis, yeah, you're fucking hot or whatever. Like <laughs> versus like actually listening to what you're saying because obviously you you can break this down where you've got smart opinions, you have thoughts, but do people just not listen to you in that regard and just want to talk about your appearance or am, am I off base? Um, honestly, I was prepared for that. Not because, not like, oh, look at me, but because I'm a woman just in a male dominated right. field. Right. But I surprisingly haven't really encountered that that much. Good. Um, most of the people in my comments or on X right now are pretty much very on the analytical side with me they're very supportive and everything i do on occasion though get the trolls that like to have a different opinion than me which is fine but then instead of like countering it with facts on why they believe what they believe they just go like oh alexis it's okay you're a girl you don't understand football let me explain it to you and i'm like 
Yes, which is why I built a whole platform around football because I don't understand it. But, but yeah, well, normally I don't encounter it, but I also don't have, I think, a large enough audience where those people start trickling their way in yet. Well, the condescension always, is just asinine when somebody tells you that, ah, oh, you don't know, you're just a girl. Right. What do you know? Right. They've already started to trickle into our chat room. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But Swanky says, uh, uh, Alexis, Aldo has been trying to put a show together for me. Let's collaborate and make it happen. Yes, I got to introduce you to Swanky. He's probably Perfect. around your age. He loves football just like you. You guys should talk, and maybe we could do something here at the bar. The, the Alexis slaps Swanky around show. <laughs> yes, I'm down. All right. So what are your expectations for Sunday's game versus the Raiders? Do you, are you expecting a win or are you going in expecting the worst and hoping for the best? I don't even know if you can have expectations anymore. Like The thing is, like I was saying before with um, obviously not everything comes down to the offensive coordinator, but the thing that's frustrating is Luke Getzey could then decide this Sunday he wants to know how to be a coordinator again and then put together a great game plan for Tyson, which I hope he does so that Tyson doesn't just get thrown under the bus and eaten by the wolves. But it's just so, you know, and then we get our hopes up again and then he goes right back to making Tyson Aaron Rodgers and who knows whatever else. So at this point, I'm just hoping that um, we don't get a second QB injury with uh, Crosby on the other side and we can continue what we had on defense from last week because the defense actually finally had a good game for the most part and the offense couldn't perform. So it'd be great if the defense could continue on from last week. And then the offense is just, I don't have an expectation. I'm just going to wait and see what happens because this offensive line also is just, I don't trust it to save my life or the quarterback's life. <laughs> well put. <laughs> All right. Before you go, I want to share this play. This was talked about. I I, I spoke about it endlessly on X. Uh, it was mentioned in the mashup, uh, Carmen and Yurko show. They talked about the first play of the game, and so I listened to Iberflus's press conference yesterday on Monday, and he was asked about that first play. How was it supposed to work? So I'm gonna uh, play. Iberflus's reaction uh, to that question and video of that play. Yeah, and you're going to see Wanham shoot from the edge right here. This is something Justin Fields has to know. Yeah, so they were in uh, they were a six man up, right? They were they're all across, right? We were in empty formation, and uh, you know we we did the right thing in terms of you know sending the line one way. Uh, you know, Rip Liz the line, so we sent it to the right, uh, let the outside go guy go free. And the ball's supposed to be, you know, delivered right there to. Uh, it's an outside in read, so it's KB to DJ. Um, so we just gotta, uh, you know, float away from the pressure, right, and deliver the pass. All right. To me, that's simple. This was on JF1. You you can argue about the play call. You can say what a stupid play to start the game and so forth. But the instruction for Justin is he gets the snap and he starts to drift towards his right because he should know the center puts five fingers behind him saying, we only got five guys blocking. Count how many guys are, are on the defensive line. There's one, two, three, four, five, six. So somebody is going to be unaccounted for, and it's that guy because you know your left tackle has that guy. 
So he should get the snap, start drifting to the right, and immediately fire that ball to his first read, who was the most open of those two yeah. guys. And 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 you got three, four yards, maybe more if he breaks the tackle. It's so elemental. And yet on X, dozens of people are calling me an idiot. You know, it's the play calling. It's not blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm just talking about this one play. He made a mistake on this one play. Can't we talk about that without you saying that my mother wears dirty sneakers? I heard that you uh, advocated Hamas because of that. What was that? What was that again? I said, I heard that you were pro Hamas because of your take right there. <laughs> That's right. That's right. You were called an anti-Semite. <laughs> everything, everything in the book. So, Alexis, am I crazy here? Do you see it? Do you want to challenge me? Should, do you want to debate with me on this line? That's my mom, by the way, calling me a fucking idiot. God bless you, mom. <laughs> Alex, um, what'd you think of that player? I would agree with you on that one. I think, I don't know. I hope I didn't debate it on, well, I can't say if I debated it on Twitter. I don't know. I could have initially, mm -hmm. but I think I actually tweeted when it first happened that I, at first, didn't even see him coming around the corner until mm -hmm. Fields was sacked. And I was like, whoa, that came out of nowhere. Like, no way yeah. Fields saw that. Watching it back. He definitely should have known to, like you said, slide and hit it quick. Um, I agree with all that. That one is pretty point blank. It's Fields has to get it out quicker. I think the thing that's interesting that we never know with any of these is, like I said, something like this, it's, it's on Fields. But with anything else in the game, there were moments where, like, maybe you could put it on Fields for not getting it out quick, or maybe this receiver's open, but... The thing that really confuses me is that when you watch videos from people like Tim Jenkins from Tim Jenkins Elite or the QB school or whatever, mm -hmm. they're saying that Fields' footwork doesn't match up with where he's looking for the first and second read. And either the play is too complicated and it's getting confused and Fields is doing the wrong reads first, or Getsy just simply has him looking the wrong way first when you should be taking the first read to the left, which is going to be the one that's open, most likely first, and your quickest release, and then working the way down the field if that one's not open. And I don't think that was the scenario with that first play, but I do think there's some instances of that later in the game that where it looks like a receiver is open or it looks like something else was opening up downfield. It's just like a hodgepodge mix of it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Well, I, I appreciate your point of view. Uh, already somebody in the chat room wants to debate me on this, Jordan, who is a <laughs> co-host of the Barfly Tailgate Show. I'll pop by on Sunday, Jordan, and, and that way you can school me on the whole thing. Uh, Dan Aguirre, you got a, a last question or two for us? I guests? do. Uh, uh, my guy, Ron, who is very uh, credible, not some grifter, is trying <laughs> to sell two tickets for the game. Are you interested, or do you know anybody that would be he, he's so deflated by the game on Sunday, he's trying to sell his two tickets for the Raiders game. Not a, not a catch, not just trying to steal money. He paid $500 for two tickets. He's trying to get $350 for two. I mean, for me, I'm unfortunately able to go because I have uh, work and things this weekend, but oh, I, I don't even know if I work. should say, unfortunately, because maybe I'll be lucky. I, can't, I have to miss it. I'll still probably live tweet it, but I mean... Um, but I, I, I wish I knew more Bears fans, but honestly, I'm kind of the only one around here. I have fans, but they, they don't care enough to 
Wow. They can watch a game sometimes, unfortunately. I'm trying to recruit people. Right, <laughs> <laughs> uh, last one, Dan. Got one more. So you, where you live then, or is it fair to say you're in Packer country? I am in Packer country now. I live around the Madison area, so I am in the oh. heart of Packer country. Um, and it's tough times out here, especially week one, which I think is why my video is so depressed. Even the lighting is great. That wasn't even intentional, but the lighting, <laughs> the lighting was even gray in that. And it was just like being that lost on top of me trash talking everyone before thinking that that was going to be like the first time we beat the Packers in a while. And boy, did I hate going into work on Monday. I bet. Well, you do a great job. Your football intelligence, I know it's higher than mine. You could be rivaling Dan Aguirre there as well. Oh, I'm just a guy. Come on. <laughs> You're just a yeah, guy. I don't know if mine's that high either. Maybe I'm just good at making it seem like it is. <laughs> well, I, I know. I, I, I got a good sense. You know what you're talking about. And so we'll be following your career on Chicago uh, very closely. It is the YouTube channel. So if I go to YouTube, I can just hit Chicago, S-C-H-S-H-E, Chicago. Yeah, so it's just Chicago Bears all in one sentence. And then mm -hmm. my like main socials that I tweet from more or TikTok, things like that, is just Alexis Jade, but add MS in front of Alexis Jade. Got it. And so there it is. Uh, it, it, do I, is your X account correct there on the screen? I typed it up, Alexis Jade uh, in the white there. Um, there's a little miss, like MS. Oh, that's what you were just saying. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I had the wrong one. No, you're good. Had to do it because Alexis Jade was taken. Don't know who she is, but. Uh, the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, all right. So we'll let you go, and we hope to have you back uh, soon. And uh, and I'll hook you and Swanky up, and you guys can talk about a potential show. We would love to have uh, Alexis slaps Swanky around. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Okay. You will. That okay. is Alexis Jade. I apologize to her for um, getting her uh, X account incorrect on the screen. See that when you try to do nice things, I should just be an asshole the entire time. Uh, where's Dan? There's the there's the. There uh, I am. I'm here. Here's the shot that I was looking for. Chicago. That is correct. Dad talks philosophy. Absolutely correct. She was a great uh, guest, man. Which I should have booked her for a longer time. Um, all right, but well, we have to make time for the guy, the man, the myth. The we had to keep him away from Chicago. He was, <laughs> he would have tried to got her into a movie, <laughs> ask her if she liked girls. So we had to keep him separate. That's right. He would have. <laughs> he would have definitely have tried. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you know, this picture gets funnier and funnier every time I use it. I, we got to give Nomad props for that. He's the one that came up with the comparison. <laughs> that is true. I forgot about that. Um, all right. Uh, here's what I'm going to do, Tooch. I'm going to roll your open, and then when it's over, you're going to be on screen with us. So here Without mute on. Without mute, I actually he sent me the video of his, and I actually tightened it up because after the open, he was like looking around. <laughs> <laughs> looking around. Am I on yet? So I tightened it up. This is from a production standpoint. This is the absolute best air state of affairs. <laughs> Thank you.
right, Bears State of Affairs, 2023 NFL season week seven. What's happening, Barflies? Well, the Bears played their sixth game of the season at home versus Minnesota Vikings on Sunday. It was a messy affair with the Bears losing 19 to 13 and falling to one and five on the season. The Bears were trying for back-to-back -back wins, but it was not to be. As it stands today, the Bears have not won a home game since September 22nd of 2022. While Bears fan Dan was not at all of those home game losses, it remains uncertain whether there's any correlation between Dan attending and not attending Bears games and Bears losses. No correlation. The Bears were, however, given high marks. High marks for losing in another unique way. The Bears defense actually played a pretty good game. The unit allowed its fewest touchdowns, fewest first downs, fewest total yards, and recorded its best third down percentage of the, of the season, allowing the Vikings to convert on third down only 15% of the time. So it wasn't the defense this time. This time it was the offense that gave up the game-winning touchdown when backup quarterback Tyson Bagent was sacked, fumbled, and the ball was returned 42 yards for a Viking touchdown. Now. You may be wondering why Bajent was in the game at all. Was it because Justin Fields played so badly that the coaches pulled him? No. Was it because the fans booed Justin Fields so much and called for Bajent during the game? Nope. Was it because the Bears, like many Fickle Bears fans, are done with Justin Fields and want to see what they have with Bajent? No. It was another thumbgate. Yeah. Here we are, Bears fans. We find ourselves in the middle of Thumbgate 2. Yeah, Bears fans will remember Thumbgate 1, where Jay Cutler had a thumb injury and backup quarterback Caleb Haney had to take over for Cutler. And Cutler injured his thumb in a victory against the Chargers in the 2011 season. It was the Bears' fifth victory in a row, their seventh win in 10 games. At 7-3, and three, there was talk of playoffs but the Bears would go on to lose five games in a row without Cutler and ultimately finish the 20-11 season with an 8-8 eight eight record. Now I'll leave it to the Bears to give us Thumbgate 2. After taking another sack, the 115th of his career, Fields was holding his hand and left for the locker room during the third quarter. On Monday, Coach Matt Eberflus said Fields dislocated his right thumb in the Vikings game and is doubtful to play next Sunday against the Las Vegas Raiders at home in week seven. So Bears fans, you asked for him, you got him. Let the Tyson Bajent era begin. If Bajent finally made his NFL debut in place of fields Sunday versus the Vikings, and he completed 10 of 14 passes for 83 yards and an interception. He also had a one-yard quarterback sneak to cap off the Bears' only touchdown drive of the game. Certainly, the kid was probably so nervous his balls were in his throat. After he settled down, though, he seemed to operate the Bears' offense adequately, or at least as best as a 23-year-old kid making his NFL debut could be expected to do. In any case, Bajan's first start will come next week versus the Las Vegas Raiders, and Bajan will become the Bears' 29th starting quarterback since 2000. Yeah, the long list of former Bears' starting quarterbacks is as follows. McDown, Matthews, Miller, Chandler, Burris, Stewart, Grossman, Krenzel, Hutchinson, Quinn, Orton, Greasy, Cutler, Collins, Haney, McCown, Campbell, Clausen, 
Barkley, Hoyer, Glennon, Trubisky, Daniel, Foles, Fields, Dalton, Simeon, Peterman, and now Bajant, who will likely face off next Sunday against Raiders quarterback and former Bear Brian Hoyer, ironically. 23 years and 29 quarterbacks. That seems really hard to do, doesn't it? It's almost impressive how bad the Bears have been as an organization at the quarterback position and managing the quarterback position. But, you know, Justin Fields was not the primary issue against the Vikings. The Sunday was just another example of why this coaching staff is not worth keeping around. They came into a game against a defense that blitzes more than any other team in the league. What did the coaches do? Not move the pocket. Not give the rookie right tackle any help. No rollouts. No blitz beaters. No halftime adjustments. Nothing. Just straight dropbacks, magnified and made worse by Fields' propensity to hold on to the ball too long. What's even more telling about this coaching staff is that the Bears had 10 days to prepare. They even admitted they did a lot of self-scouting, too. Imagine if they didn't have 10 days to prepare. And oh, man, Cody Whitehair snapping the ball? (laughs) His best days are behind him. He plays like a washed-up veteran trying to hold on to a paycheck as long as he can while hoping nobody notices his best days have been long gone. <sighs> yep. No, Justin Fields was not really the problem. Just a part of the many problems, scandals, missed opportunities, and sloppy execution that has torpedoed the Bears' 2023 season. Yep. However, these are indisputable facts. Justin Fields has been sacked 115 times in his career. He's had 26 starts with an interception or a fumble, and now he's likely to miss some games with an injury for the third straight year. It's pretty hard to win that way. And Bears management isn't leaving here without taking some of the blame from Tooch. Since hiring Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, the Bears are 4-19 and overall, 1-15 in their last 16 games, 0-8 in the division, haven't won a home game in almost 400 days, and haven't won back-to-back games at all. Still think Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus deserve to keep their jobs? So where does this leave all of us, fellows Bear fans? Smack dab in the middle of any number of mock draft simulators wondering what the Bears could do with the top two picks in the next year's draft, and that is Bears State of Affairs! Last job, Pooch. Man, you know, so many things have uh, have gone wrong this season that we're all just numb. <laughs> are you crying, or are you crying because you're laughing so much? <laughs> a, l- a little of both. <laughs> yeah, it's, this it's been painful a tough but funny. <laughs> That's why I was so uh, excited about Alexis joining us is because when she showed that emotion, man, I felt like a granddad, you know, thinking, oh, man, I wish I wish I could build a better team for you and for all of us here in Chicago. I mean, you know, guys like Tooch, you, and I'm like, what, 10 years older than you. You know, yep. I've only had one Super Bowl. How old were you, Tooch, when, when the Bears won the 85 Super Bowl? It's like a senior year of high school. So like oh, okay. 17, 18. So you were able to enjoy it then. Oh yeah. I had, uh, had the, uh, a Super Bowl shuffle poster in my locker. 
Oh, look at that. <laughs> look at that. Oh, outstanding. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, so many fans have just not experienced that. And, and and so many fans have experienced such menial success. You know, the Matt Nagy uh, uh, playoff year, two playoff years, but, you know, one was an eight and eight record. That almost, like, didn't count. And that Super Bowl, Dan Aguirre, are you with us? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just want to ask you, doesn't that Super Bowl, the Lovey Smith Super Bowl, almost seem like a, like a mist of gas, that it's not really reality? I couldn't you know, even believe we made that Super Bowl. It's like so I, improbable. I, 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 I totally agree with good, you. you know? I didn't yeah. feel that way at all. The Bears were the number one seed in the conference. and Yeah. Of course, they had to go to overtime to beat Seattle, and they blew a lead against New Orleans. But fuck, man, I was like, this is our Super Bowl year, especially when you come back and beat the Cardinals on Monday night the way you did. But, Dan, yeah. wasn't that year, weren't we, like, not scoring a lot of points in offense, but the defense Rex was, so was the offensive player of the month in September, man. He was throwing the rock around early on, and we were scoring a lot of points early on. But like, later on, though. Later was, on, the yeah. he's still, like, against the Rams in week, what, 14? When they were talking about benching him, they scored 42 on a Monday night against the Rams. So, I mean, and he made the throws and the, the two playoff wins that needed to be made. So, yeah, I was, I was, I mean, until they got there, I wasn't like pounding my chest saying, we're going to the Super Bowl because you could always lose. But I wasn't surprised the way you all are. I'm like, yeah, finally, finally, it's here, you know, because it looked like we had a shot in 05 as well. And then we couldn't guard Steve Smith. Yeah, it's it's funny. Everyone is sharing, you know, uh, where they were for the 1985 yeah. Super Bowl, and Alexis says she was born 12 years after that Super Bowl. Man, I was only five, so I feel her pain. I mean, granted, the good thing about Alexis being born 12 years later, she missed Green Bay Super Bowl 1996 win and Super Bowl 31. Yeah, yeah I mean, because that was a terrible win. I, mean, I was, yeah. I was, oh God. But the best I, thing about it, if she doesn't know the story, Jim McMahon went to the White House wearing the, his Bears jersey. <laughs> True, story. Right. True story. True story. Yeah. Yep. And, and a great one. But I, I want every Bears fan to experience what I experienced in 85. That season, going back yeah, to was, 1984. Yeah. In, in 1984, they lost that playoff game, uh, and you knew that there was something special going on. Even Ditka, when he was interviewed after the game, he was calm. And and the words that he said was, holy shit, this is 85 is we're going to tear that door down. And they did, you know, to win every game except one uh, and then go to the playoffs and dominate in those three playoff games including the Super Bowl, was just so fantastic. And I remember thinking, watching that team and saying, there's 10, uh, 10 out of the 11 guys on this defense could be Hall of Famers. And th there are guys who haven't made the, the Hall of Fame from that 85 team, but should. And, and if uh, I could also point out one other thing about what you're saying about Ditka. Because mm -hmm. he was basically, in hindsight, said he tried to ride that defense to the Super Bowl and thought he could. But when he was talking after the championship game, he was like, he knew, he said, we'll have our quarterback in 85. We'll have Jim McMahon back next year. So that's what I'm saying. Whether some people try to act like McMahon wasn't, you know, a big part of that, Mike Ditka thought he was. Mm -hmm. And when you went 28 straight starts, it's not like Doug Flutie or, or our friend Mike Tomzak or... Steve, well, he's not coming on the show. Why am I calling him? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, 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 I'm just kidding. Yeah. But it's not like any of these other guys were putting together those wins with the same defense is my point. 
not Steve Fuller, not Tom Zach, not Doug Flutie. Like Jim McMahon was special, man. And he was a big part of that. And a lot of people want to shit on his legacy. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, guys, why don't you talk amongst yourself? I hear my dog crying. He probably needs to go out. I'll be right back. Tooch, I'm sorry I didn't get back to you earlier. I, I didn't get to sleep until about 11 Eastern time. And yeah. I didn't wake up until like almost seven o'clock Eastern. So I, I saw I, you had texted me about rain. I'm sorry. I was asleep. I, I texted I you as soon as I saw it though. Cause uh, uh, you know, uh, this season I've noticed some similarities of past bear season as always you and I, you, you always do. Uh, and uh, the, the, the thumb gate I brought up in, in bear state of affairs reminded, right. you know, Justin Fields thumb injury. You know, this is uh, an ex- almost an exact parallel to, except without the without the five game winning streak and the seven know. and three record, right? Seven and three record. But uh, give us your thoughts on 2011. How you felt? You know, we had, we were seven and three. I mean, we're talking about playoffs. Yeah, you know, we're ten games into the season, and Cutler goes down with the thumb injury. I people always, you know, talk shit about me and my love for Cutler, but this is the way I felt at the time. Uh, I was that was a. 4:30 Eastern kickoff. And so I'm riding high, man. Like you said, we're we've won five in a row. I felt like, oh, if he stays healthy, we beat the Packers in the championship game the year before. We made this trade for a reason. This guy's gonna win us a championship. Right. It's gonna be this season. And about eight o'clock Eastern time, uh Mike Florio on NBC's pregame show says, uh, there's a story that Jay Cutler has broken his thumb or he has a thumb injury. And I looked at Marissa, who, again, was about to be my wife. I'm like, it's over. He's out for the season. She's like, you're jumping to conclusions. I said, it's, it's fucking over. He's out for the year, and I know it. All right, and that was against the Chargers, right? Right. And, but it was like two hours after the game before we knew he was hurt. Right. Philip Rivers and Jay Cutler had sort of the rivalry thing, right? Right. When he was in Denver, like those two right. guys didn't like each other. Right, so the the build up to that game, you know, you said it was 425. You know, you Cutler versus Rivers. You know, and then after the after the game, you know, Bears fans found out, you know, that well, Caleb Hayes, I think McCown, McCown played a, a couple games, I think. That was really year. late in the year, though. Right. He wasn't there. They had, again, Caleb, the worst part about that is that Caleb, Caleb Haney did okay against the Raiders in his first game. Then the next one was that Marion Barber loss in, in right. uh, Denver. Denver overtime and, loss, 13 to 10. And then That was heartbreaking. <laughs> what was even worse is they let some scrub come in to Soldier Field with Kansas City the following week and beat us yeah. with a Hail Mary. Yep. Uh, God, it's just, and, and then the whole time you had Donovan McNabb on the radio, like, guys, I grew up here. Like, I grew up a Bears fan. I'm I'm healthy. I'm available. I'd love to finish my yes, career as a Bear. I remember that. Yeah, and you got him pleading each week for a fucking gig. And and the thing that people forget is the Bears were 7-3 and three yep. and finished 8-8. Eight and eight. But if they'd have finished 9-7, and seven, if they'd have just won one more game. Yeah. They would have made the playoffs, and Jay would have been back for the wild card game from after his surgery. So maybe you would have gone with Donovan if he signs instead of Jay. Okay, but still, they didn't win a game until the last game of the season in Minnesota with Josh McCown, and that's the game Erlacher got his uh, knee tore up by Major yeah. Wright. But if they had won one more game, then maybe they're in the wild card and they still make it, and, and Jay comes back. It's just another one of those what ifs. But I, I said this earlier. I think it's very similar to 03 when we had Cordell Stewart. We're one and five, and they ended up finishing seven and nine. Had a good comeback. Rex had a couple of wins at the end. Young quarterback, but it wasn't enough to save Jerron. 
I don't think there's anything right now that this coach can do to save himself. Yeah, although we're going back through uh, memory lane with Dan Aguirre, uh talking about 2011. We talked about 2011 with uh, Thumbgate 1, as I call it, with Cutler's uh, dislocated thumb or broken thumb. Oh. And then uh, uh, Dan also draws a parallel with uh, uh, the uh, 03. Cord- 03 Cordell Stewart uh, season. The one and five start, and then Jerron got him back to seven and nine and, and turned it over to Rex at the end and had some promise, but it wasn't enough to keep his job. So even if Bajent goes on a run and they can win seven games, I don't think it's enough to save this coach's job. I think that game plan on Sunday destined Eberflus and uh, and Getze straight to the unemployment line, and, and they deserve it. They, they can look themselves in the mirror and say, our ego – created this game plan. We were so sure our system is is paramount and that's got we're going to get fired because of it. You can blame nobody else. Nobody. Even if Justin's not picking up the blitz, not seeing the free rusher, not hitting the open receiver, it maybe his footless feet were or sliding with the protection. Whatever you want to say to blame Justin for the play, at the end of the day they crafted that bullshit game plan. And you know what? If the, when they see there's a free rusher, if they think Justin's inept, they are not able to handle it. Why not just call a timeout and shift your protection? Mm-hmm. Or why not just start under center for fuck's sake? Anything. Part of this is on them, and they're going to be gone for it, man. And it, it's, we got to start all over again. It sucks. Yeah, that that's the sad truth about this. Is you know. What I am, am am anticipating for 2024 is a complete restart. There's going to be a new quarterback. Wait, are, are we? We're talking about 2024 already. Yeah, we. I zoomed <laughs> forward. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> just, I just want to get that. <laughs> it's. It, I. You know. I'm just so frustrated. I really wanted Justin to be that guy, and it's looking like you know, it's it's that's not going to happen. And even if he starts to show glimmers of hope, you know, he's his uh, fifth year option. He would. We would have to pay him twenty three million dollars. So it's not happening. So I don't think it would happen. I, I think, you know, I, I heard uh, Bucky Brooks on the NFL Network saying, what I would advise the Chicago Bears to do is to draft the quarterback this season and hit the restart button. They've already acquired good players to help a young quarterback. And now you're just removing the ifs and buts with Justin Fields and you're bringing in a new quarterback and you bring in a coach and, and a coaching system that, can help that new quarterback, but now you're, you're basically starting with a zero salary at that quarterback position, a la the San Francisco 49ers. That's why they traded away Trey Lance. That's why they traded away Garoppolo, because they've got Brock Purdy and his – fuck, he's got – his salary is like nothing. He's seventh-round pick. On the and flip so they, side, just on the right. flip side, just playing devil's advocate, let's say the new coach is whomever. It doesn't matter, it, 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 whoever it is. And that person says, you know what? I like Justin Fields. Give me a shot to show you that, hey, he's here for at least one more year. And if we like him, we can franchise him. So Mm -hmm. maybe Fields, the route to to him getting paid in Chicago could be the next coach says, I can win with him. Give me the shot and and sells themselves. I maybe some like Harbaugh. Maybe Harbaugh says, Look, I liked Colin Kaepernick. He took us to a Super Bowl. I can run the offense the way we did with Kaepernick and exploit his uh, 
and lean on his actual strengths instead of forcing him to try something that's not his strength. So maybe the ne next coach likes him is what I'm saying. That scenario, even if you don't keep him for his fifth year, you could franchise him. Mm -hmm. So, and I would not be against that, Tooch. If if a competent, proven coach who has coached a quarterback of similar talents, athletic talents as Justin Fields comes in and say, this is what we did with this quarterback. Here's what we can do with this quarterback. And I can assure you it's going to work because it's worked before. And I've talked to Justin and he gets it and he wants in on this. Then that's a marriage I'd be willing to gamble on because I do hate the fact that I have to invest one of my two first round draft picks on another, another quarterback. quarterback. I know that's uh, where we are though. Aldo. Yes, we're, it is. We're, we're, uh, we're, we're in the cycle again too, where we have this like awesome game and then we come back and, and lay a turd, you know, <laughs> lose in embarrassing your, fashion. Where's your graphic? Where's it's, your graphic? There up. it is. I got it. <laughs> We're at the top there with the losing yeah. embarrassing fashion, I think. So now yeah. it's like we had a little uh, – Alexis brought us a little uh, uh, Eberflus gets – should Eberflus get fired talk. Mm -hmm. Now Alexis supposed to beat up on a bad team, so maybe we beat up on the Raiders. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Is uh, Garoppolo definitely out? Because I heard you mention that Hoyer might play. Is, is I thought Jimmy I, was healthy. I think no, it's I, – uh, no, uh, uh, Garoppolo went on injured reserve. Oh, I didn't see that. Okay, yeah. cool. I that gives us has. a better chance to win. I think he, other than being hurt a lot, I think that Jimmy's better than what people give him credit for. I don't know. Yeah. Dan, don't you remember your own theory? This is the revenge game for Hoyer. He's going to come back and kill oh, us. Oh, well, maybe they start that other that other kid. What's the other quarterback they've got that no one ever heard of? Maybe that's who plays then. Yeah, because if, if, if I have to come out there and see Brian Hoyer light us up, I may just fucking, I, I may just, I don't know. I don't want to say something dumb here, but the point is I may just die in Chicago. <laughs> just may not even make it out of the stadium then. That's hilarious. Chris, Chris and I will just, uh, he doesn't even want to go back to England after this. He's ready to end it all too, I think. It was on I don't my, know it was that because I can't get him to talk to me. Oh, no. <laughs> Chris, where are you? Come yeah, I've messaged Nick, and I'm like, what, do you have him fucking held hostage? Is he the gimp now? I think he is so stoned on Chicago marijuana. That's probably yeah. why he won't call you back. All the dispensary, you know? It's like he doesn't have to like go through his dealer in Leeds. Oh. <laughs> That's right. I swear, I, I told you all this, and again, I love Dan, so if Dan hears this, I'm not putting him down or making fun of him, uh -huh. but they're at the game, you know, I'm pumped up. They've just met George McCaskey, and I think, I was like, oh, that's so fucking cool. We're going to win today. We're going to win, damn it. I felt like Joe Namath after seeing that. And uh, I just felt like, oh, it's good, it's good. But it's, he sends me a picture of the field, and I'm like, oh, those are really great seats. What section are you in? He, his response to me was, what do you mean in? And I said, what do you mean what do I mean? What's, uh, what section are you in? No response. He has it on red. I said, I'm asking you where your tickets are. What, where are your seats? Those look good. What section are you in? And he, he goes, I don't know what you're talking about or whatever. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't know what I'm talking about. Wait a minute. Where's my, where's my bong? <laughs> I think Watts has it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's stolen. <laughs> then I asked him, I said, well, let's do uh, a bear's country last for last night. 
you at the very least you can show that Fox 32 piece where Chris Watts oh, yeah. came to America. Talk about the, talk about meeting good. George McCaskey. Blah blah blah. No response. What do you, do you have that clip of Chris on? Fox? No, but Dan does. Dan does. Okay. He said he did. I'm not looking in the floor. I'm looking at my dog who's whining behind me. I wasn't looking for the clip here. Where is that clip? Getting out your projector. Well, I got good news for you, Dan. No matter, you know, if it's, if it's the horror revenge game or whatever, the weather is going to be very, very pleasant. And Gabriela, oh God, <laughs> Gabriela Aguilar, Aguilar, sorry, Gabriela. Is her last name Aguilera, like the former Minnesota Twins closer Rick Aguilera? No, no I think it's Aguilar. Aguilar. Oh, like Nelson yeah. Aguilar? Yeah, like Nelson Aguilar. And she says it's going to be 54 degrees and no uh, precipitation. So there you go. You got Is that a hoodie report. kind of day, you think? Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. why should wear a hoodie? Yeah, there's not going to be much of a breeze. I'll, I'll play it again so that way you this time you can concentrate on the actual graphic with the real uh, forecast. <laughs> she may be the best one. Uh, but the one a couple weeks ago I love too, but holy shit. Yeah, well... Uh, if you want to get a hold of her, good luck, because I have no clue how to get hold of her. You know what, though? Heidi says she's going to wear a Brandon Marshall jersey, So, because she's like, well, Fields isn't even playing. The shit's going on. Why am I wearing that jersey? So to compliment her B. Marsh jersey, I may go with a little Jay Cutler. Oh, I like that. Not that the one be- I wore last time, though, because we lost in that one. So That would be hilarious if the two of you got into an argument like Jay and Brandon did. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say, don't care. That'll be my J line. Don't care. <laughs> exactly. Uh, David wanted to know why I didn't show her ass on that video. Um, yeah, that's my bad. Why didn't you show her vulva? That's what I was thinking. <laughs> that's Tucci's job. He's, he's yeah. the pornographer in the group. <laughs> um, all right. Before we start talking about any movies or TV shows that we have watched lately, I want to get final thoughts on the Chicago Bears team. And I want to focus on the whole Ryan Pulse thing because I do believe now that the everyone – has a pretty good sense. There's just no way Eberflus and Getsy are going to survive uh, this this season. And in fact, there's even a small chance that one of them might get fired before the season. But what about Ryan Poles? You know, do you, as Alexis said, give him another year because he came in with that plan of a three-year plan and it's too early to, to cut? Or uh, Tucci, we're talking about it earlier. Yeah. I want to. I want to expound on that a little bit more. Dan, first of all, we haven't heard from you on Poles' future. Start with you. Poles, uh, whether you like him or you think that he's made a lot of bad moves, they haven't been, I know everyone's going to say the Claypool trade, but again, at the time, the prevailing thought was that was a bold trade and a good opportunity to take it, given where we were in the season. So even if you don't like him, his moves have not been egregiously awful, such as Phil Emery who got fired after three seasons. So if that's the standard, if Phil Emery can have three seasons, there's no way Ryan Poles only has two. Because mm-hmm. Phil Emery was much less successful, even though Tressman did win some games a little bit in hindsight. Uh, he was, what, uh, eight and eight, and then uh, five or six wins the next year. So we would love to have that record here now. <laughs> but I still think Eberflus is going to go. 
He's got to go. Get gets. He's got to go. The fucking tired ass scheme's got to go on defense. But the GM's going to survive this, whether we like it or not. And he does deserve another chance. I mean, he is. You know, you hired a kid who's like 37, 38 years old. It's his first time as a GM. You're going to go over gravel roads too. Everything's not going to be paid. So I think he deserves another or shot, whether we like him or not. But the coach does not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tooch, want to expound on that? Yeah. I remember last week at the end of uh, the show, Aldo and I were asking like the question of like, how do you grade a GM these days? You know, it's so hard, you know, because one, like people make the point that you have to wait a while on these draft classes and people make the point of uh, most uh, franchises give the GM, you know, two coaches, two coach tries or whatever, a minimum of three years. And uh, I, I think like Danny, I think uh, Pole survives for another year or another coach, you know, but uh, uh, it, it, it like I know Jordan flashed something up there. Like the next guy may come in and not like any of Pole's draft picks. That'd be, yeah. that, that wouldn't be good either, you know? Right. So uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, they're both bears are in a tough situation. I mean, this season, it, although if you asked me before the season, you told me like, Hey, this year, uh, the defensive coordinator is going to have some kind of scandal. He's going to leave the leave the thing. You know, uh, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna spend a, a, a high draft pick on a wide receiver who doesn't do anything. <laughs> Just kind of loafs around. We end up trading him for nothing. Uh, we're gonna say uh, Justin Fields going to get injured. Justin Fields regresses. Uh, somebody breaks in at Soldier Field and steals a bunch of equipment. <laughs> you know, or whatever. You know, a fourteen game losing streak. Haven't won a home game. You know, I would have been like, "What, really, man? I'm I'm not going to watch any any Bears football this year." You know? <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. I mean, you can't you can't write like a worse story than mm-hmm. I mean, this, this season the story has been so depressing. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we had that's why it hurt so much. We had such high hopes. We're like, "Oh, Fields, looking at the end, he was like set breaking yep. records, NFL records, Bears records." This year, it's just been like, you know. Uh, a crippled person walking, you know, trying to make it to the end zone. <laughs> you know, a guy on crutches mm-hmm. trying to make it to the end zone every game. Yeah. This team broke Dick Buckus's heart. That's what yeah. led to the legendary Dick Buckus passing this, away. This year's team killed Dick Buckus. I believe that. I believe that. He was drunk at week one at the game on the sidelines just saying, please beat some Packer ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he couldn't take it after watching that stuff, and he yeah. quietly passed away in his sleep, but it was because of this Bears team. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to say this. If you're going to bring, and I, I, I endorse, you know, keeping Ryan Poles. I'm not sure what how long that contract was. They won't tell us, which is bullshit. We should know how long these contracts are for head coaches and general managers, just like we know about the players. But my point is, if you're bringing him in and he's going to bring in a new coaching staff, the whole thing, you almost got to give him another two years, especially if there's progression from whatever we end up with wins, which is probably going to be three, four, five wins, uh, if that this season, right? And so it, then in 2024 with his new coaching staff, if they don't make the playoffs but get to seven, eight wins – you, you almost have to say we, we got to keep them because now we're seeing the progression and hopefully in 2025 we'll start 
contending for playoffs. Well, let's yeah. also wait because, again, we've got two number ones this year coming up. Mm-hmm. And in previous regimes, we never had a first-round pick ever, it felt like. We traded the two for Jay, which I did advocate. We traded the two for Khalil Mack. We traded one for Justin Fields or two for Fields. It's just like we're always yeah. without a first-round pick. Right now, this guy's got us with two first picks. Right now, we, we may have two first-round picks in the first five, right? Mm-hmm. And he could trade out of that and potentially get us a couple more first-round picks. So even exactly. though he's made mistakes along the way, his like his draft his draft pr- uh, prowess could end up being something that we are like oh well look how good that turned out. I mean I know you got Valus Jones who's coming in and taking uh, pitches on out of the backfield now and not mm-hmm. catching any balls, but and that's a bad pick. There are a lot of misses, but maybe we look at this next draft and say man, Poles really hit it out of the park. So you just never know. You got to give him his his due. Two first round picks that's a big deal. Like we usually don't have any. It seems. Yeah, yeah, we're and kind of waiting around for to see the the uh, the fruition of Paul's plan, or are we? Are, you know, that's that. That's that. Do we walk out of the movie the movie theater, or do we stick <laughs> around to see the end of the Paul's uh, plan? You know, that's that's like the big question. You know, what if what you know what if what if his plan sucks? You know, yeah, we're worse off for something. But yeah. Well, That's you know, the big, big thing is is the decision making in the draft. You got to bring in quality players, you know, and so we know that the right tackle he drafted, this guy is going to be good. I mean, if, if you've watched him closely these five games, yes, he's made mistakes and so forth. There's, it's undoubted, undoubtedly, he is going to be a the next right tackle at, for the Bears for the next ten years. He's going to make. He's going to be uh, the best right tackle we've had since Big Cat Williams. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And he's going to be in Pro Bowls. Yep. He's the guy. Now, in this upcoming draft, he's got to land that left tackle because I don't think he's on the roster. I, I've given up hope on Braxton Jones. I'm not even sure we're going to see Braxton Jones play this season. So got to bring in at least a second-round left tackle to compete with Braxton Jones in 2024. And hopefully then you can solidify the line. You also got to bring a center. Now, a lot of people have been talking about, you know, how could you make this mistake? In the media mashup, I heard it. How could you make this mistake about not bringing in a center? And I've shared this before. According to Greg Gabriel, Ryan Poles told him, you know, we can't fix everything. So the plan is we're going to bring Cody White here, put him in that center, have him compete with Lucas Patrick. That gives us the opportunity there. And then with Kramer, the third stringer, to have a battle there at the center position, I don't want to bring, draft a rookie center and and have two new uh, a new left guard and a new right guard working with you know Nate Davis and Tevin Jenkins working with a rookie center. That would be too much, and that uh, it sounds like it's fair. It's reasonable thinking. Now, unfortunately, they didn't know that Cody was this bad. That his I did. career. <laughs> You did. It's true. You can. Be, you've been saying it for three years. <laughs> Five years. Yeah. Yeah. I'm telling you, I was saying it on Bear, Bears Hour Live, and yeah, I mean, like the way Shane got the Cody Parkey thing right, right from the jump. I've been right on this Cody Whitehair thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, I, I, you know, I, I he, think he was that a tackle at Kansas State. Yeah, he was like a left tackle. Right. We made him into a center. We're always like mm-hmm. making. Making players we drafted to something they didn't play, you know, it's like yeah. you gotta stop doing that shit. 
But I, I don't think he could have played left tackle in the NFL. No, I, no. I, uh, but, no. yeah, left guard was his best position. Unfortunately, who was it that got injured in his first year with the Bears? The center was – I forgot who the center was. Was he a rookie in 16? Uh, yeah, two years. That would have been when Will Montgomery broke his leg then against the Raiders. Okay. Uh, no, no, no. The, we started Hironis Grasso when when that's he, who it was. I was gonna guess was Hironis. Yeah, Grasso got hurt. Uh, that's probably when they put White here then. Yep, yep. David got it uh, as well, I, and that was to me. I, I had a debate with Shane Marshall about that. It's like I saw him in training camp. Shane, this guy doesn't have the functional strength to play center in the NFL. They're bowling him over. They're pancaking him. <laughs> He's supposed to be doing the pancaking, you know, and they drafted him because they wanted a, a fleet footed athletic center. Well, that's cool. That's a great and he thing. He went to, to college with Kyle Long. Yeah, went to yeah. college with Kyle Long. But if you don't have, you know, strength at the center position, I would think that of all five positions, that should be your strongest guy. He's got guys, you know, face right over the top of him as he's snapping the ball. Um, Jordan says, uh, Tooch, draft Pickens, make him a one-tech. Draft Dexter, make him a three-tech. Draft Gordon, make him a nickel cornerback. Draft Whitehair, make him a center. Draft Tevin, make him a guard. Draft Hester, make him a wide receiver. Yeah, it is. It is true. And I, other teams do it too, but it just seems like it never really works here in yeah. Chicago. God, remember, what was that scrub's name? I hate to call anyone a scrub, but – they they moved him to from defense to offensive line, and he was uh, a couple years ago, and he he was on the ro- bottom of the roster for a couple years transitioning, and then when he got in the game, he was just horrible. And they ended up giving up on him. But it's another guy that they switched sides of the ball on. Do you all remember what I'm talking about? It's like yeah. 20, 21, somewhere through there, and you're like, oh, not that guy. I, I can't remember his name now. We had him on the show and drafted. Dr. Phil made us a song for him, but I'm forgetting who the player was. What, what, what was his uh, position? Uh, he was a defensive. Yeah, they moved him to offensive line, and he was so bad when, whenever he got in the game. It was just horrible. No, it's not Grassu, Jeremy. Uh, Rashard Coward? That's it. Yeah, Rashard Coward. <laughs> Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. Thank yep. you. That's who it was. Yeah. Uh, I recommend it to. Uh, Phil, let's do a, a takeoff parody song on that uh, marijuana song. I, I forget how it goes, but it, and Phil really hit it out of the park. Made a really wrote great lyrics, and and Coward was 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 thrilled with the song, but not thrilled enough to become a good offensive line. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the Bears uh, had uh, you know we got. We got some guys back in the secondary. One of them was Eddie Jackson, who came back for 14 plays, then left with a foot injury. You know, mm-hmm. uh, just another. I think guy. Eddie's days are running out here in Chicago. That, that was what I was going to ask you guys. You think, okay, so Justin Fields is is injured. You know, is it time to start looking at at some of these young players? Is it time of the season? You know, where we start putting these young players in and getting them some playing time, whether it's for the future or for uh, you know for tanking for, for the two. You know. Thing, but mm-hmm. uh, is it time to get some of these guys in, like uh, Dominique Robinson and, and uh, uh, Tyler Scott, Doug Kramer, uh, Velas Jones, Roshan, Noah Sewell, German Pickens, or Gervon and Pickens, whatever that guy's name is, Gervon. Uh, you know, I mean, 
there, there might come a time when uh, uh, some teams who are are, are are in position for the playoffs will want some of our players. I might probably trade Yannick and Gakwe. His his uh, his salary isn't that high. We might be able to get something for Yannick. You know. Yeah, but I I think you know you're you're right. I mean, the big the big story today was is Jalen Johnson saying yeah, Jalen uh, too, another guy. Saying that you know, hey, we traded Khalil Mack, we traded uh, yeah. Robert Quinn. I wouldn't be surprised if I was traded. And there was a story that came out that the 49ers called the Bears inquiring about Jalen Johnson because they need a cornerback. Yeah. Well, Jalen Johnson, you know, didn't play for what two, three games because of that injury. It's not like we missed him terribly. If we can get a second round pick yeah. for Jalen Johnson, which I think it will be difficult to get back. But I would I would pull the trigger on that what trade. What was he a second round pick? He was, uh, yeah, middle of the second, second round. round pick. He might be able to yeah. get a, a low second, third round or third rounder mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, for him, which would be better than nothing. You know, I mean, he's out of yeah. contract anyways, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I, unfortunately, he's just not a number one corner. He's a good number two good corner. player, though. Yeah, he's a good player. Yeah, he's a good player. There's no doubt about him. And maybe uh, if you trade him, you can put Ky- uh, or Kyler Gordon back outside and put Stroman inside. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he's yeah. got a big mouth, though. Johnson always does it. He does the score hits. I'm sure like Bears Brass probably doesn't like all the talking he does on that show with, with Parkins and Spiegel, you know? They they had a caller on uh, uh, Hampton OB that said, and it's like, I know it's like just hyperbole. There's no way of quantifying this, but it made sense. He's like, again, the McCaskies were so like wounded from Mike Ditka's personality that they would rather be mediocre with a guy that they deemed affable and friendly than a guy such as Dan Campbell or Mike Ditka that might help you win or Jim Harbaugh, because they just didn't want to be around an abrasive personality after dealing with Mike Ditka. So they'll hire everything is the exact opposite of Ditka for 30 years now. Mm-hmm. And uh Hamp and OB agreed with the caller. They're like, there's probably some truth to that. Yeah. Some good points uh, being made in the chat room about keeping Jalen Johnson. Why trade him? He's a good player. You should keep your good players. Uh, you'll be trading him to a contending team. It would be a well, low second round You got to sign him after this season. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the thing is do you yeah. – as the general manager, you probably have talked a little bit with the agent and you start, you want to try to get an idea. Yeah. Am I going to be able to sign this guy? And because you'd hate to lose him to free agency. Yeah. But if you would do, he want to come, he why would he sign in here? That's what I was going to say. Why would he come back to this yeah. fucking shit show? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, David Montgomery is the perfect example. The, yep. the story is he was offered just as much money as he got with the Detroit Lions, but he said, I don't want to fucking go there. You know, my stomach is hurting from all that. But now his his stomach is really hurting. Isn't that his injury with the Lions now? He's got a rib injury or something like that. He's out yeah. for at least two, three weeks. I mean, Ro- Ro- it's the same thing with Roquan Smith's situation. Roquan, you know, he, he, didn't, he didn't want to sign here. You know, it was like, mm-hmm. uh, I think Poles tried to, you know, made an effort, maybe threw some numbers out there. But uh, Roquan, I don't think had tried very hard to come back or, or agree on a contract or anything. And, and Poles had to get what he could for, for Roquan. You know, that's probably mm. what's going to happen with Jalen Johnson. If the 49ers are calling, you know, they need a cornerback, try and get, you know, you, ha- you pretty much have to, because guy, he's not going to sign back here. Yeah. You know, I, I, 
it, it bugs me so much. You know, this has been a franchise that free agents didn't want to come to, and then Justin played at such a level last year that players were yeah. like voted him top 100 players. They were talking, saying this guy is a stud. And now we're back to pre Justin times. I don't want to go to that organization. Can't win a game. It's all, it's, it's so frustrating, man. Yeah. Those numbers <sighs> I, I threw out, you know, about like, uh, uh, po- uh, polls and Eberflus. We haven't, we haven't won any games in the division. Zero. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I haven't won a game at Soldier Field since week three of last year against yeah, Lovey. September 22nd against Lovey, mm-hmm. right? The Lovey Smith revenge game. Yeah. You know, we always beat Lovey. His two times with Tampa and the one with Houston. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Lovey that's never right. had his revenge game, but he did fuck the Texans to help us he, get that he, first pick. He, 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 he's Kurt. Uh, it's been a mixed bag with Lovey. Like, first of all, we fired him when he was ten and six. Then after that, we had a bunch of crap for coaches. You know, we couldn't get anything right. We didn't have a winning season until uh, Nagy came around. Then uh, uh, he ended up winning a game to give us the first overall pick. <laughs> now <laughs> exactly. it's like he, he's given us our last home victory too. Yeah, you know, God bless Lovey. So giving. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's the gift that never stops giving, but he's also a curse. Yeah, I I think just for <laughs> for like reasons Alexis that Chicago hits that out of the park. I'm sorry, Aldo. No, no, no. Go ahead. What? what you How say? do you I, have three good running backs and never use them? I again, I agree. Yeah, the coaches are garbage, Alexis. That's why. That's right. The, That's right. They're in over their heads. I'm just saying this for what about three, four weeks now. I know John Fox is the only coach we've ever hired with previous experience, but. And that didn't work out, but we got to go that route. Even yeah. if it's on the offensive side, the defensive side of the ball, hell, a Ditka-like special teams player or special teams coach like John Harbaugh was for Baltimore. Whatever, man. Whoever it is has got to be a guy that's had coaching experience before. You can't just bring some fucking novice in. You need to bring somebody in that knows what the hell he's doing. There really aren't what? any guys, though, Aldo. Yeah. I you know, mean, I mean like, there's 32 NFL teams, and like I doubt there's like – half that many good coaches out there or even yeah. like, you know, even ones who are, who are running, running the show on their respect. I don't care if you have steal, uh, steal someone like Flores from Minnesota and make him our head coach. So he, at least he's been there before. I want somebody that has been, that's driven the car. We're yeah. going on a road trip. I don't know. Why I'm using so many driving analogies tonight, but I want someone that's driven the fucking car before, not someone, a student driver here. That's why mm-hmm. I feel like we keep hiring the lowest we, we keep hiring guys so we can pay him the least amount of money of the coaches in the league or something. Yeah. So of these three that Jordan has listed, Dan Quinn, Flores, and Harbaugh, uh Dan Aguirre, you would you would want Brian Flores. Harbaugh. Okay. Har- Harbaugh Flores two and twenty eight to three can stay in the back. Okay. What about you two? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the, I'm the same with that. I think uh, look, I like Brian Flores a lot. Uh but uh Harbaugh's gonna like uh, rejuvenate the fan base, you know, and uh, at least uh, at least you'll have that, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. he's a former Bear; he's going to uh, bring back the whole thing. But uh, I, if he brings in the right people, then I think it would be uh, an okay hire. I like uh, Alexis's thought about yeah. Ben Johnson, the Lions' offensive yeah. coordinator, because you weaken the Lions, and yep. and so you know the Lions are, are have such a great roster they're going to be tough to handle 
for the next several years. And so if yep. you steal their offensive corner, it could help us close the gap a bit. Jordan says Brian Flores would be awesome for the Chicago narrative. Fantastic defense, <laughs> lights out, but shitty offense. <laughs> well, well said, Jordan. We've never had that before, though, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> At least if Flores was here, if he was running the same defense that the, ran against us on Sunday – and was hitting people and being aggressive, it would give us some moxie or some kind of like the Bears defense is back. You know, that's a lot of us are, are okay with that. I'm not saying that's what I want, but it seems like if the Bears can't score, but the defense is really tough, a lot of Bears fans are happy about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. They better bring somebody that can develop a quarterback. It's all I gotta say. Just get us one side of, of the ball, but get us one side of the ball that we can at least be proud of. Mm-hmm. We don't have anything right now. The defense is bad, although they played their probably their best game on Sunday. But the defense isn't good. The offense isn't good. What the fuck do we do well? Gosh, we don't. We, I mean, like I said it wasn't last week. I said uh, our, our head coach is a defensive guru whose defense sucks. Bottom exact. Of the well said. Well said. <laughs> and, and the last guy we brought in, Matt Nagy, he was an offensive guru whose offense was thirty second in the league. It's like. We can't win for losing. Yeah. Good points. Good points. Very good. Um, Mr. Mayhem says Jim Harbaugh would help Justin Fields. I have to agree with Mayhem because he had such great success with Kaepernick. I mean, do you remember uh, Kaepernick's debut against the Chicago Bears on a Monday night Oh, game? yeah, absolutely. Oh, my yep. God. It was like, what? Are, what is Harbaugh doing? He's running triple option plays and all this new stuff and just – Beating the shit out of the Bears. Team. And Jason Campbell's sacked like 19 times. <laughs> Harbaugh's going to demand personnel, uh, uh, overseeing his own personnel, though, a lot like what uh, Belichick does, yeah. though. You know, if you're going to, if you're going to, maybe New England fires Belichick. People are saying that. Maybe New England <laughs> fires Belichick. And, you know, I'm just saying, mm-hmm. would you sell your soul to the devil, Bill Belichick, to win a Super Bowl here? Yeah. Who's Mike LaFleur? Is that Matt's brother? Yeah, that is Matt's – and I don't know much about Mike LaFleur, uh, Mike LaFleur uh, as a coach, but the idea of hiring the brother of the Packers head coach is nauseating to me. Yeah, we would, it would be like having the, the wrong St. Brown brother. Typical Bears. We got that covered, Dan. You know, I was listening to the transition part of uh, when uh, the score was going from one show to another, and they, uh, so they had the four co-hosts, and they were just joking and making fun of Eberflus and making fun of the Bears and so forth. So as I'm listening to this, I'm getting aggravated, but I'm also laughing because, you know, it was yeah, everything that, that was they were that making Lawrence fun Holmes, of. Holmes, yeah, Bernstein Lawrence Holmes, and, and Dan Bernstein. Parkins yeah, um, and uh, Spiegel. Parkinson Spiegel, yes. Okay. And so, you know, and sometimes I get mad when other people are joking about my favorite team, like it's my child. Uh, but then I do the same thing. We're all laughing here. We, we just, it, it's it's natural, you know. You got to laugh. If not, we'll cry. <laughs> yep. So that's why Alexis had such a good uh, time today. She, she didn't cry. We had her laughing for a little Did we while. shut down Justin for the rest of the field with the injury? I mean, the rest of the year? 
Well, a lot depends on how Tyson plays, right? Yeah. If, yeah. if he plays respectfully, yeah, why not shut him down? And then, you know, I'd still bring him back next year and say, okay, guys, you guys are fighting for a quarterback spot. Now, that's that's a far-fetched scenario. That's unlikely to happen that Tyson would play well enough that they would say, you guys fight it out for the number one job. But in a perfect world, I would love to see both of our Chicago quarterbacks excel and – that way you trade Bajent or you trade Fields or whatever. Here goes something for you, Aldo. From our guy, Will Wright, who we've had on the show before, right? Yes. Uh, he tweets, USC quarterback Caleb Williams wants partial ownership from the NFL team that will pick him in the 2024 draft. Williams' yeah. representatives have been making it known that Caleb's interest and ownership stake in that team. Anyway, he's just saying this can't be real, and he cites Mike Florio as being the source of this report. Can you imagine how, Gabriel how Gabriel when we need him? That would yeah. be in, a, in, a, in a board meeting, if if uh, he sucks, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, why don't you just go to be an owner full time and not play anymore, buddy? <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, it's interesting, Mike North, who I rarely agree with on 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 football stuff, but he, he does hit a home run every once in a while. Of course, a touchdown every once in a while. He he is saying. You know, bring Harbaugh or Sanders here and give them a piece of the organization. Give them 2% of the organization as an incentive or whatever would get them to come to the Chicago Bears and overhaul this. That's an intriguing idea. I'm not sure it's the best idea because you're giving away hundreds of millions of dollars, given that the franchise is worth $5.5 billion. But you know, if we get a big name head coach who you're fairly certain that can turn around this catastrophe that we're in, because it truly is a catastrophe. This is, you know, we're 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 brown paper back Tampa Bay Bucks. Uh, name any other losing team in franchise sports history. We're we're now falling into that category. The Cleveland Browns. Since yeah. 99, the Saints of the early 80s. Remember, oh they were the gosh. 8s. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Murray Lake. No, that's me. that's me. What are you talking about? That's my Halloween costume. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be a no comic. You yeah, said the no. Bears are worth $5.5 and that's just from my jersey buys over the years. <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, Halloween night, that's Dan Aguirre's birthday. Yes, sir. Uh, so yeah. Heidi is going to co-host right. the show with me and Tooch. And I'd like Tooch right. and Heidi and myself to wear Halloween costumes for that show, at least for a portion of the show. Let's have some fun. Let's have some laughs. And if anybody else in the chat room wants to make an appearance in their Halloween, Halloween costume, let me know, get a hold of me, and we'll wire you in and we'll talk to you for five, ten minutes, whatever it is. We'd love to see you in costume and have some fun, have some laughs, Halloween have a party. Dan Aguirre is going to be at a movie theater all day long, catching oh, up on like great fun, movies. Man. Well, yeah. that's uh, at the very least, I'm hoping for two. Uh, the Scorsese film is three and a half hours, and it doesn't open until the 20th, so it should still be there. Oh, yes. the the Exorcist pre or the first of these new three tr the trilogy opened nice. October sixth. I don't know if it's going to survive till then, but in theory, I want to see the new Exorcist on my birthday. The Scorsese film. I don't think Saw Ten is going to make it, but if it would be there, I'd watch it too. 
I wanted Pet Cemetery, but it's on uh, Paramount. I had to watch it there. So as of right now, the goal is at least two. And I, again, I'm in a relationship now, so I, I, it's fair to say I'm going to get some pussy on my birthday, and that's always. A, that's always good, that. so. Is this breaking news? Yeah, well, yeah. I she and I have um, done adult activities uh, for a while. You know, going back, I met her in 2020 during um, the uh, the COVID crisis and all that. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, we uh, finally just decided. Well, why not? You know. So here we go. No, no, no. It's not why not. It's you guys are really digging each other. You love the conversation. Yeah. You, you're thinking about each other when you're not with each other. Mm. And uh, and the sex is great. We do uh, it, it. We do do things to make the other one come. That's true. <laughs> important. That's important. I'm, I'm really happy for you, Dan. That is so, yeah. so great. I mean, you've dated every woman in the West Virginia area. So. <laughs> I don't know about dating. Not dating. I may have had sex at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, whatever. Yeah. No, Alexis but... is still listening, so I was trying to be selective. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, Alexis is way too young for me to be saying this bizarre, nasty yeah. old man shit around. Is but the, Alexis' the... Birth, uh, bedtime? Damn, she's still around. <laughs> no, no, she's born in '97. She's a grown-ass okay. woman, but All still, right. she doesn't want to hear this. But the the point is to say that yeah, I, I am in a relationship. So we'll see. After how the last one ended a year ago, like uh, there could be probably nothing worse. <laughs> so it's like this doesn't feel like it's that much of a long shot to try after the the shit show last year. So. Mm-hmm. I love Coach T's comment. Can't wait yeah. to have an exorcism. Coach, can't, can't hurt. Can't hurt. We can't try anything right now, man. <laughs> Muck Muck is saying, don't waste your time on the new exorcist. It is trash. What? How does he know? He probably saw it. Hey, I, I'm going to I'm gonna go if it's yeah. there. I, oh, I did. I did. You know, again, I'm not going to hate on Barbie, but I'm sure it's gone by now. But I don't want to see it anyway. But I, I would like watch Barbie. it. I thought it was funny as hell, man. <laughs> I'm so happy that Oppenheimer has a, a Blu-ray release date now. Uh, that I saw that in the theater and it was fucking great. So I pre-ordered it today. Oh, I man. saw the new, uh, uh, the la- latest uh, Mission Impossible Part One, Dead Reckoning Part One. I gave up oh, on those years ago. That was awesome, man. It, they threw everything at you, like you know. Every kind of action thing was in the movie, like runaway train, fighting on top of a train, jumping off mountaintop with a, you know. Uh, is that parachute. part 14? Uh, seven. Uh, probably. <laughs> it's it's got to be more than seven. seven. It has to be more than no, it's seven. Se- it's seven. seven. Are you for real? I thought there were more Mission Impossibles than Friday the 13th now. No, not yet. But I'll tell you. I'll tell you one. The first one, I'll tell you what, the first one was excellent. Brian De Palma directed. I thought yep. it was a big screen spectacular. And then, you know, two and three came I out. Like I'm two. Even... I thought two was better than one. And it may have been. I didn't see two or I three, but two. I, I did three see one. Hoffman as the villain. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tooch invited me into his podcast uh, right. uh, that reviewed. Uh, box off. What was it called? The box office. Have a stream, Rosen. Box office bros. No, he had oh. another one. Yeah, another Before one. That, box box office, office bros with Joe Mandel. My radio. Sucks. Exactly. So they were reviewing that movie. He said, "Go see Mission Impossible." I went and I was fucking floored. Yeah, it was I saw it in IMAX, and so the image was so spectacular with the action scenes. Yeah. I said, "You know what? I didn't think I was going to like this, but this was worth my fourteen yeah. bucks or whatever I paid to see it." Yeah. Great. 
great technical special effects and the story who gives a shit you know but uh, it was all good all good so i i would like to see the new one especially the new one on a big is, screen. Uh, it's it's very well done uh, i think christopher McQuarrie is the director uh, okay he's done he's done a bunch of uh, films uh, and uh, like i said they throw every kind of you, know, you want like the the uh, uh, ronin uh, frankenheimer car chases through narrow streets in Rome. You got it. Mm -hmm. you know, a you go. runaway, runaway train in the Swiss Alps fighting on top of the it. train and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, paragliding off the Alps cliffs. You got it. You know, you all mentioned Mission Impossible 1. I'm starting to believe that he actually killed M Emilio Estevez in that one scene because I've never seen him after that. You know who, who's <laughs> the bad guy in this new Mission Impossible? It's Matt Nagy. Uh, Esai Morales. Do you know that? Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It was in uh, Bad Boys with Sean Penn. Like, All right. I got yeah. a quick story about Bad Boys. Yeah. Um, Good I was film, by the way. Great uh, yeah. Uh, Sean Penn, Isai Morales. Yeah. I was at Clemente Brown. High School at the time. So I was a high school student. And the casting directors came and casted some of the Clemente students to be extras and, and so forth. And so a friend of mine named Eric David, uh, he was cast and he had, you know, somewhat of a prominent role in the background as one of the gang members and stuff. And he told me that they were every day they had to drag Esai out of his trailer because he was banging so many chicks. He's <laughs> <Is that, laughs> he, he Puerto Rican too, isn't he? Yeah, he's Puerto yeah. Rican also. And so I, I was like, man, I want to be a movie star. He's all like a gray uh, pepper, salt and pepper. And I was like, man, I, this guy looks so, I don't know. I can't, you know, because you normally pick him young. He didn't have, he has the goatee and beard. And it's like, yeah. you know, silver, silver fox. I was like, very mm -hmm. handsome. You know, it's like, and then I was, I had to go and look up. So he was Eastside Morales. Yeah. He's he the, raped he's the villain. Wasn't, yeah. didn't he rape? It was Ali Sheedy that he raped in the movie. Wasn't oh, that Sean Penn's know. girlfriend yeah, and, think, and bad yeah. girl or yeah. uh, bad boys? Correct. Oh yeah. 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 That's right. Yep. That's right. In the film, I was like, it was Ali Sheedy, right? Right. The last time I, I mean saw in real life, life. I didn't mean he was a rapist in real life. I mean, <laughs> yeah, in, I was like, <laughs> no, I mean, in the movie, it was Ali. What Sheedy, did I miss? Esai <laughs> Morales was in season one. Esai uh, Morales was in season one of the Ozarks, and he was great in that as a bad guy. You remember? Oh, have you seen the Ozarks? I hate that show. Yeah. Oh, I didn't recognize him there either. I'm telling you, oh, Ozark was killer, man. It was so good. Oh, like, one, of the best pro, one of the best shows on TV. Ozark felt like it should have aired on CBS in prime time. It was. <laughs> Rated PG with Jason Bateman. I just couldn't dig it. And the story's so oh. implausible. Oh, yeah. It's I, over I, I the top, Jason... though. It, it is. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. Over yeah. The top. But yeah, yeah, it's still good, man. I, I hated yeah, it. I, I watched like four episodes. I quit. I couldn't watch it anymore. You kind of had to stick with it. But yeah. Okay. We got breaking news here. Alexis uh, is on the news desk uh, from staff inside locker room. Feels expected to be back within one to four weeks, as reported by Albert yeah. Breer and Ben Devine. Like so after the bye, probably. Probably. Yeah. Do I got my little schedule is here? What, week, week what? Uh, 13, 13, maybe? 13, 13, yes. That's what I thought. So, or week seven. So, four weeks. I don't know, man. That's we're, uh, we're at week seven there. So, maybe he's back for the Detroit game then. Yeah, Lions on the road. After that Thursday night, by, or, you know, half by there with Carolina, mm -hmm. that gives him, yeah. So, that's probably when he comes back. Yeah, then. very plausible, Danny. That would be he would miss six games, but they, they say four weeks. Man, I don't know, man. You got to be able to grit. It's just right down too, you know. It's 
Like you saw uh, uh, Justin Herbert. He had a thumb injury with his left hand. But, yeah, I know uh, what was it you talked with uh, Aldo today about Justin Herbert missing some wide open guys, man. I was like, I got Herbert and a couple fast teams. That hurt me, too. I was like, what the hell? Mine's so wide open. I know, right? Yeah. Hey, uh, I'm thinking, I'm looking at the schedule. So it's the revenge game for Hoyer in week seven. And Khalil Mack revenge game in week, week eight. eight. Is there a revenge game week nine? Is somebody on the Saints that has been with the Bears? I don't. I can't think of anyone. I can't think of anyone. But uh, week 10, it's just going to be the revenge of the trade. We yeah. picked the wrong quarterback, so let's take it out on, on the team that's got our number one pick. <laughs> <laughs> and then Detroit is just going to beat the shit out of us. I hate to say the that. The Don Burr revenge game. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I would say that uh, Darnell Wright, they'll put Mac on Wright because they're like, oh, he's a rookie. Because uh, mm -hmm. that's what Mac does, and Wright will completely right. shut him down. Wow. I, now, you say that, and he could go against Larry Borum and have five or six sacks uh, just because, uh, you know, that's the way my luck goes. But I bet you uh, if Mac had a six-sack game, he still won't get to 10 before the year's over. I think he is, in my lifetime, the most overrated bear in my lifetime. I thought Julius Peppers may have been that, but no, it's Khalil Mack. The most yeah. overrated Chicago bear in my lifetime. Yeah, he gets he gets those six sacks, and then they're playing return of the Mac in the Chargers locker room because it was his first sacks in uh, first sack in in year in a, over a year I think or at least a year, and so yeah. this past game he goes back to not getting any sacks again. <laughs> Who do you all think? I only have five minutes here. Yeah, me too. In your in your lifetime. Like, given the hype and all that, of course, there have been a lot of players that Mac was better than. I'm not trying to say he sucked. I'm saying given the hype and the trade and the draft picks, has there been anybody else? Because you could say, well, we gave up a first round for Rick Meyer. Okay, he's better than Rick Meyer. But I don't remember Rick Meyer having this kind of hype, being in the top 100 Bears of all time in 60 already after like a half a season. Uh, is there anybody else that you think that exceeds in your opinion, Khalil Mack, I think the most overrated bear in, in my lifetime. So your question is uh, somebody that we acquired via trade or draft. Or um, somewhere, just the hype. Do you think in your lifetime, we've all watched hundreds yeah. of Bears games. Who yeah. do you think, because maybe I'm wrong, because you know everyone always told me, like, Mack's great. Shut up, Dan. Uh, is there anyone else do you think that, could fit that bill more than Mac. I mean, you don't have to agree with me. You may have your Jake own uh, Cutler. Cutler. Okay, I could see that. I could see that too. That, those are two excellent ones. That's like uh, it in the history of the whole freaking franchise, though, man. It's like, right? I like Jay, though. I I could sit here and argue for Jay forever, saying oh, that, yeah, that yeah, that's yeah. it's a bad, We're but it's I see. Hype. Yes, I see your point, though. Yeah. For me, it's Mac. It's funny that Hugh and Mark in the chat are both have both brought up Lance Briggs. I'm not a Lance Briggs fan, but he had a good career. And Lance was solid, yeah, except man. those last two yeah, years of Trustman. Right, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't he like? Didn't fun. he like miss like some first thing to open his barbecue rest restaurant in Fresno? Yes. Yeah, like yeah, what, was, yeah. What, what did he miss? Like the first week of practice or something? Yeah, like, the first the day season. of practice before season one. Right, he, one, he, yeah. 
he asked his head coach, Mark Tressman, hey, you know, my barbecue restaurant is opening that day. Can I get the day off? And Tressman said yes because he wanted yeah. to build a rapport with the players. Well, a lot of the players were pissed off. <laughs> Bad call, Tressman. Yeah. You lost the locker room. And then when Lance got hurt, they activated him because back then you could only designate, designate like one player off of IR. Mm-hmm. And they brought Lance back, and he just was too heavy. And it's like he clearly didn't think he was coming back that year. Yeah. And I think that really hurt his legacy, especially in the 2014. He was at the end. He didn't do so well either. So, like, when we had that guy from the Hall of Fame on, he was pounding Lance's drums yeah. for making really, the Hall of Fame. Really I, Pepper's a big free agent. Yeah, I think those yeah and he – I think Lance, I liked him. I have his jersey. My cousin didn't steal that one, actually, and it's authentic. Maybe that proves that Lance is overrated. My cousin's like, I'm not stealing this. <laughs> I think I like Lance. I think he's good on TV, but I, I don't think he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I don't. I, I like it. He was a very good player. But if you're telling me that Otis Wilson and Wilbur Marshall aren't good enough to make the Hall of Fame, then I'm telling you Lance Briggs isn't either. Jimmy yeah. Graham's another good one. Yes. Yeah. Mushin yeah. Muhammad. Yeah, Brandon Marshall. Oh, I can't put Brandon Marshall in there. Uh, Brandon had three outstanding seasons with the Bears. No, Mushin mean, Muhammad like, was okay, too. I mean, it was not like he sucked when he was here. I'm just talking about, like, the hype of a, of a big-name free agent that we acquired or signed. Mike Lennon. <laughs> Mike Lennon, yeah. <laughs> oh, Mitch Trubisky. How's that? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Second pick in the draft. I knew from from day one that was a bad choice. There's a video out me somewhere getting drunk. I'm just looking at it from the perspective of a franchise that's desperate trying to make something happen. And we hardly ever get these, you know, hardly ever go after the big name free agencies. Maybe part of it's that people just don't want to come here, like you said, although. Yeah, Brian Cox. I was about to say Cox uh, for the contract that they brought. And I liked Cox. I did. Yeah. He was uh, very emotional and fiery. I enjoyed that aspect of him. But the Bears just didn't win when he was here. And he, he got penalties all the time. A, you could hear a Brian Cox hit through your TV set, man, when he hit somebody. <laughs> Crack! You know? Uh, you know what? Uh, that's a good idea. Tomorrow I'm going to run a poll on the Barroom Network X account and, and ask that question. Uh, the nominees should be Khalil Mack, yep. uh, Jay Pepper. Cutler, Julius Peppers, and then I need one more because it'll only allow me. Most people won't remember who Brian Cox is that's going to vote on it. And they're yeah. they're going to say they hate Jay Cutler anyway, so they're just going to vote Cutler. John Tate. Probably. John Tate. John Tate was fun. He was good, man. Played a yeah. long time here. I thought he was solid, yeah. yeah. Uh, Maybe put a, somebody else like Benson. We we got John Tate to Benson. play left tackle. He came here and said, I don't want to play left tackle. I'll play right tackle. <laughs> Right, <laughs> that's right. You know that, that right there is kind of disappointing if you're a Bears fan. You know yep. we needed a fucking left tackle. The guy's like, I'm just gonna play right tackle, bro. <laughs> but don't, right. put, don't put Jay on there against. Put Benson against Jay then, if uh, so that there's two players that that people automatically have scorned for. <laughs> because otherwise, you Jay's just gonna run away with it. And Trubisky would be number one if you put. Oh Jay yeah, Trubisky him, maybe. You know? It's like even if I liked Mac and like I bought his jersey, you know, so it's like I it's not like I had a predisposition to not like him. Oh, that's another good one here. But Jared pe- Allen. Oh, oh Jared Allen. Yeah, Beerman's got it right here. 
Bingo. But people, uh, people just get so mad about Mac and delusional about his play. Mm-hmm. Or he wasn't yeah. single. He wasn't single blocked by a tight end the whole day. There was five people blocking him. Half the defense blocked Cleo Mac. That's the reason he didn't get a single tackle, a single sack, an assist on a tackle, anything, not even a penalty. It's because five human beings were blocking him at one time. That's the kind of crazy shit they would say. Yeah. Orlando Pace, he didn't play much, though. He played like a couple He played one season. One season. A a, a Hall of Famer comes to the Bears one season, and and his career was already over. That was when we got Jay in 09. That was part of the uh, Greg Olson deal, you know, is get rid of Greg Olson, bring in Orlando Pace. And no, no, no. The, they're together. They're together still. Uh, Greg Olson got traded to Carolina. We signed, not to contradict you, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, Orlando, right. Orlando Pace was brought in, I think, as a free agent from the Rams, but he right. was in 2009. Uh, Greg Olson played in uh, 2010 with the Bears when we lost the title game. That was his last game as a Bear. Okay, and then we brought in Moses Tiata Topopo, whatever his name is. <laughs> Who? <laughs> Julius Topo. That's him. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Isn't that I what I said? What, yeah, I forgot what he played though. What was he? Was he a quarterback? I thought he was. I thought he was a tight end who tight was end, basically another tackle. Brandon, Brandon Malamuni Malamuno. Yeah. <laughs> Topo was a quarterback, wasn't he? Or yeah, a former Raider, I think. Yeah, right. Indeed. All right. Uh, no, Dan's got to leave. I got to leave. Uh, Tooch has got to leave. Final thoughts, guys, starting with Dan. Aldo, I can't wait to see Saturday. I'm bringing you yeah, the Bears' that's first that's start. Good. The first start of Jim McMahon, Ditka's first win. And just because nobody else will watch you with me, Super Bowl five. <laughs> All right. Tooch, you coming into town on Saturday? I, I What's going on? That's what I wanted to ask. Is there like a I'm meeting having, somewhere or, uh, 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 you know? Uh, uh, my house is where we're meeting up. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. All right, I will. You can even bring your film crew and use one of the bedrooms <laughs> for your comeback film. For comeback film, <laughs> Tooch does Arlington Heights. <laughs> uh, any final words, Tooch? Before we pull the plug, last thing on that: Tooch brings the stadium deal back together with his fucking. <laughs> <laughs> Cliff Victoria, uh, yes, you're invited. I I, I texted oh, uh, right. Shorty today saying that uh, you and your BRB are, are more than welcome. So he'll get you the details, and I asked him for your What's phone a number. So, uh, uh, something beautiful. It's best friend or something like that. I, I think that's what it is. I think he's trying to say that Cliff has a gay lover. Oh, okay. <laughs> and he's welcome too. <laughs> I gotta meet up with David Eckball. Yeah, we have to watch some games. There's like a sports bar that I'm supposed to go to. I I, I spent a, a couple of days in Altoona shooting a video. It's a great little town. Yeah, the, Kyle Orton's hometown. There you go. Who, who would have known that other than Tooch yeah, and Dan Flyer? The pride of Altoona High. <laughs> All right, I just want to let people know that tomorrow. Yeah, I will, definitely. Tomorrow here on the Barroom Network, it is at 2 p.m. Central, Bardown Hockey Talk. The guys are going to talk about Connor Bedard's uh, debut with the Chicago Blackhawks. And uh, then at 6 p.m., Mac and Reed are going to talk football and some pop culture. And then at 7.30, it's Buffon 55. We've got a really, really, really good one planned for you tomorrow. 7.30, all times are central for uh, John 
Santucci, for Dan Aguirre, and for our new friend, Alexis Jade, and all of you in the chat room who joined us. Thank you very much for being here, and uh, we'll see you all very soon. Adios.